Guys, it's your man Kovu in the Great Cave with my man Monty as always. What up, Monty? What's going on? What's going on? And chilling, chilling. It snowed like crazy in the past couple of days. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And there's been a lot of wrecks around where I stay, so it's kind of annoying. Like you know, driving on on ice and shit like that. Uh, man, it, it seems like you're getting more snow in the Midwest than than us in the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. But believe it or not, like in the past five years, I feel like it snows like a quarter of a quarter of what it used to snow, like how it used to snow back in the 2000s. Like we yeah. used to be known for ice storms. Like I remember there was there was an ice storm so bad back in 2000 or 2001 where an actual tree like broke and landed on our house or some shit. Like it was something crazy like that. Um, and we had to like stay somewhere else for a little bit. It, yeah, but... It's nowhere near as bad as it used to be, but it's still annoying. It's still just as annoying. Um, but other than that, man, how's your day going? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But uh, I was just keeping up with, with all the drama that's been happening with the, the stock market or just just in the in that Wall Street world in general. And right. I know you're not into that either. And it's crazy. I'm not into that either, but... I was just reading about it and it's, it's pretty much all over the news and it's been gaining a whole lot of traction. So the weird thing is mm-hmm. this, uh, I just, I just heard about this, you know, just, just last week even. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, you know, GameStop, right? GameStop and AMC. Yep. GameStop is pretty much, it's, it's almost like they're, they're, they would go bankrupt pretty soon. Cause you know, all the people are, pretty much not buying games to GameStop anymore and shit like that. And AMC, with the pandemic, they've been suffering a lot because nobody's watching movies. So with those things, you know, they're they're also in the stock market, so you would think they're not doing so well when it comes to, you know, investing. So a lot of people on Reddit decided is they're going to pump up these two stocks. You know, there's this subreddit called Wall Street Bets, and... Uh, it, it almost has 5 million people on it. And, you know, even today, there was there were actually 1 million live people. Live meaning 1 million people were actually on that subreddit at the same time simultaneously. Because, you know, it's been, it's been so crazy recently. So what they decided was, it's almost like a meme subreddit, you know. It's not like a serious, serious subreddit. But what they decided is to bump up the stock for GameStop. And so this, they decided to do this a couple of days ago and pretty much all of them together just started buying in, you know. So once you buy in, I guess, the best stock market is pretty much starts going up. And, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers in in January, beginning of this year, the stock yeah. market, you know, the value of it, just one stock was, I think, $17. So if you look at today, it's on $347. So it went up crazy numbers almost, I guess. I don't even know what the percentage is, but it went up crazy. And 
a lot of the Wall Street people are just fucking dumbfounded. They're like, this can't be happening, you know. They can't right, influence right. these, you know, these Reddit trolls can't influence the market like that. So with that, you know, a lot of people are surprised, but, you know, a lot of people are, like, are saying, you know, it's great that a lot of these people are sticking, sticking, sticking to the man pretty much. Also, I found out that, you know, they actually decided to also do that in a way because I heard some Wall Street people or just some hedge fund managers would actually gain or, you know, would profit a lot by GameStop going bankrupt or something related to that. And mm. the Reddit people decided, you know, let's stick it to them that way. You know, so, you know, they they don't win that way. There, there's a lot of a lot of other intricacies uh, dealing with that. But I know, you know, Secular Talk, Kyle, Kyle Kalinske on YouTube, he did a great... Right great breakdown of this if you go on his channel he has a video just talking about this whole subject it pretty much you know it's pretty much he pretty much labeled it as uh remember when he had occupy wall street back in the day yep. so he pretty much coined this term for this certain thing as infiltrate wall street and he was like you know this is this this is how to this is the way to do it nowadays because you know if you can't beat the man you might as join him and beat it beat him from the inside you know and ah and the, okay and today it even got crazier because robin hood it's a big investing app where you know mainly a lot of people invest they decided to shut down people from buying gamestop and amc stock and that that just caused the whole commotion everywhere to a point where even politicians you know like aoc ted cruz just came out and rally mm -hmm. towards uh, just telling people, uh, telling the people at Robinhood just open up the markets again. Robinhood and also I think some other investing pl platforms also shut it down. But you know that okay. it was so such a huge news that you know these people Ben Shapiro, Don Don Jr., Rashida Tlaib, and AOC. You know people from the left and right came together to you know rally against uh, these fucking corporations, and so that was great to see. But I don't know what's gonna happen, uh, but for some reason, I, I feel like the stock market. There's a big crash coming. I just feel that you know, it's just just too many things. It's it's just going. It, obviously, it's very unpredictable, but I feel like it's big uh, crash is just coming with everything that's happening and the the Fed just putting money into it because you know we 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 didn't really have the big crash that was supposed to happen. It, there was a crash, uh, you know, when the pandemic was wilding up, but we haven't gotten a huge crash. And I don't know, I don't know what what, what you would think about it, since uh, you know you're not into too too big on the investing or you know stock side of things. But right, right, right. I've been meaning to learn though. At, at some point, I didn't want to sit down and learn about it because I hear it's a you know very lucrative thing if you know what you're doing. But I yeah. have no clue about it. But I'm all for you know uh the internet giving wall street a headache from what i know about wall street um yeah yeah but, <laughs> nobody really likes wall street except people from wall street or the rich or the, the just the people who appear on tv honestly i never really heard anybody talk positively of wall street people that much honestly me neither man me neither and uh, uh one of those classic movies american uh american psycho was like yeah a, like a uh, also, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, that that was a big, huge movie. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, great movies, man, great movies. 
But okay. once you do get into the stock market, man, that's oh my god! It's it's like a, it's like it's like another addiction for a lot of people. They get they get deep within it, and it's crazy to see. Damn, damn, yeah, I heard you got to be really really careful. Um, yeah. Also, also somebody on uh, on a meme page posted that you know the stock market is uh, is uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, astrology for men. Uh. Oh man, depending on who hears that, well, they will either be like, okay, yeah, I agree with that, or they'll be like, it's kind of true in a way, <laughs> but yeah. But that okay. definitely does take a little bit more knowledge, but I would say you definitely got a point there. Got you, got you. Okay, well, Monty, looking at our list of topics today, man, there's a lot of, a lot of dark shit going on, man. Um, so, and a couple of these was like last minute things, because it, it was feeling like, it was a dry week, but uh, then I realized like yesterday people were telling me about um, this white football player named uh, Chad Wheeler. Uh, but before I get too deep into that, I just want to give a quick overview as to what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to touch on Chad Wheeler beating up his uh, African-American uh, girlfriend. We're going to talk about uh, Trey Song's alteration, uh, altercation with a cop. In, in Kansas City, my city, you know, go Chiefs and all of that. We're going to talk about two deaths of, of two young uh, up and coming and maybe maybe rather successful artists. Um, and I hadn't heard of them prior to this week. And that seems to be like a, a trend going on in terms of people finding out about artists after they die. Like they're, it's sad that sometimes the biggest promotion is the death of an artist. We'll get into that. Uh, Kanye, there, there was a clip that went viral, I guess. Um, from a documentary that's coming uh, concerning Donda, uh, of and the clip shows Kanye West screaming at a chance, uh, yelling at Chance the rapper. Um, we're gonna talk about the age-old conversation on you know if art or music can be considered art, if music can be considered art, which to me is like it's not even a discussion. Of course it is. Well, um, uh, Vince Staples talks about music as an art form. Shout out Vince Staples. I, I love. He definitely his had an interesting take on that subject definitely we're gonna to touch on that uh we're gonna get into our our uh our dream artist and producer album you know like a collaboration or we're gonna list like three of those dream collabs that we would want to see um and then finally we're just going to talk about we're going to end it off on what we've been consuming over the last week so um yeah man i guess it's time to get started and our first topic is going to be concerning chad wheeler uh, to allegedly beat and choked out black girlfriend. Uh, there was a picture of her that went viral, bro, and, and she looked, he, he really did a number on her, unfortunately. Um, and so... Um, See, Rick, let me ask you this, uh, is, is this Chad Wheeler, is he is he famous? Is he a known player? Because I don't keep up with the NFL or anything like that. Well, to, to be honest, I don't much either. Like, I, I, I'm a casual at best. When it comes to the um, NFL, obviously, I love my Chiefs. I'm very inspired by Patrick Mahomes and his dominance, you know, um, going to the Super Bowl uh, for a second year in a row. And, um, you know, that's very exciting for me. But in terms of, like, different teams and their rosters and the talent of those rosters, I don't really know too much about that. Um, so, yeah, but reading from RollingOut.com, it reports a white football player was arrested and charged for allegedly beating and choking out his black girlfriend near Seattle. 
on January 24th, 2021, because she reportedly refused to bow to him. Chad, Chad Wheeler reportedly ordered this woman to genuflect uh, before him when she reportedly refused the six foot seven, 310 pound Wheeler slammed the five foot nine, 145 pound woman on the bed, beat her and allegedly choked her until she lost consciousness, report Seattle Times report. Um, the wounds from the crime are disturbing, heinous. Um, and so there's a, um, there's a couple of tweets that went viral and uh, a lady named um, at, at Smilex Kool-Aid says, the man choked her out or the man choked her until unconscious because she wouldn't bow down to him when he told her to. Uh, then when she woke up, he said, wow, you're alive. This should be trending. Um, and it says next steps. One, number one, our own cold brothers in the NFL need to make sure he's never comfortable in the locker room for the rest of his days. Number two, we need this aired on ESPN by the end of this week. And number three, we need a public statement from the Seahawks followed up with mandatory DV training, uh, domestic violence training. Um, so the yeah, that's even scarier because that's like a big ass football player. Imagine being a you know just a woman, and somebody like that having such a hatred or just having such anger towards you. That's that's fucking frightening. Definitely, definitely. You know, the per- it's supposed to be the person you love and all of that. Uh, I don't really have tolerance or patience for it, any real form of domestic violence. Um, and then the racial element. Like the racial element to this story, like bow down to me, and she don't want to bow down, so you're just gonna beat her up and choke her out, and then she wakes up and says, "He says, oh wow, you're alive." Like that is wild to me. And so uh, the same energy people have for like Ray Rice beating his girlfriend and all that, he has to he has to feel that. And um, you know, uh, this is just so nasty, my Like I can't, I don't even know what to say. But it says the unidentified black woman frantically called the police saying her boyfriend was killing her, the newspaper reports. By the time local police raced to the scene, Wheeler had picked the lock and entered the bathroom. Uh, Officers heard high-pitched screams as they approached the apartment and busted into the domicile. domicile. They found Wheeler standing next to a bleeding woman in the bathroom. Wheeler, who reportedly suffers from bipolar disorder but had had not been taking his medication recently, was booked into King County Jail on suspicion of felony domestic violence. He is being held on 400K bail and was ordered to relinquish all weapons. He is also prohibited from having any contact with the victim, whom the media will not name. The woman was taken to a local hospital to treat her facial, her facial wounds and dislocated arm. The Seahawks wrote a quick terse statement Monday evening about the violent episode that look, that look place, hold on, that look, no, took place in Kent, Washington, a 20-mile drive south of Seattle. Man, I really got to enlarge this spot because I'm, you know, I got to get new glasses or whatever. But um, so the Seattle said, um, Seattle, the 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 PSA from the Seahawks said, we are aware of the situation and still gathering information. The statement read, um, yeah, that that's pretty much that's pretty much that story, bro. See, um, this is uh. It mentioned that he did not take his medication, man. That I think that definitely could contribute to to him, you know, just doing some shit like this. But you know, we we can't just put it on that bipolar syndrome because you know there's so many other people with the same disease or you yeah. know just dealing with that shit. <laughs> they would not do anything near that level. 
anything type of that shit. And it's just, you know, that's not an excuse at all. But, you know, it also goes to show that you should still take your medication because uh, we, we have another story that we might talk about later on with Kanye West, you know, and, you know, he pretty much lashing out at Chance. And I think that also had to do with him, you know, with his bipolar syndrome and him yeah. not, not taking this medication. And, uh, you know, it, it could definitely, it could definitely turn into a very, very different type of person if you, if you don't, if you neglect neglect uh what you need to do to take care of yourself yeah and i know that there's um tons of tons of people with mental health issues that are tired of like like stories like this like worsen the stigma on mental health and um and a lot of them a lot of people that suffer from bipolar disorder uh depression and anxiety disorder or whatever uh it's it's really annoying for them to like see stories like this or have people try to use it to excuse criminality and, and things like that. Um, yeah. It's it, just a mix of a, like a, already a terrible person plus bipolar syndrome. Yeah. And that's, exactly. Those things are just probably make some, you know, made them do even worse shit that, yeah. that could have been possible. Right, right, right. Because even at my angriest, Monty, even at your angriest, you're not going to beat up, a woman, right? Because bipolar disorder is just uh, about uh, mood regulation and stuff like that. So even at your lowest point, even at your angriest point, you still have morals and principles that keep you from beating up somebody or beating up a woman. Um, so I can't really, it's not an excuse. Although I do suspect that his lawyer, since he's facing felony, felony charges, will try to argue that, hey man, he suffers from this mental, you know how, you know how lawyers do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it's sad. The optics, like the whole, you need to bow down to me and, you know, her refusing and that that being what triggered this. Uh, it's nasty, bro. And yeah, I see. I see her, you know, the wounds and, you know, her the, her face, man. She she looks, you know, obviously, thankfully, she's still alive. But just from the look at, look at her wounds or just face her expression, she just looks dead, man. Yeah, you see her eyes? Her eyes, like... It doesn't look like there's life in her eyes. Like yeah. if you showed this video, or you, if you sh uh, if you showed this picture to somebody and stripped of stripped it of all its context, they might think that they're looking at a dead dead person with their a yeah. person that died with their eyes open is what she looks like in this photo. It's 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 devastating. And so um, so sad, man. But yeah. yeah, then you see her before picture, man. That's right. just that's just so sad to look at. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, um, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much that. Um, but what do you think is gonna happen though? The end result, of just uh, of your prediction, or like what type of sentencing he's gonna get, or even if he's gonna get any type of sentencing? Um, if the NFL cares about their optics, I don't think he should be in the league anymore. Because of course, there's been players that have, you know, beaten up their girlfriends, wives, and stuff like that that have that eventually after suspension was allowed to continue playing, but there's a racial element to this. And we know how corporations deal with backlash. Um, and the last thing, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure the NFL, like are basically Colin Kaepernick did a number on the NFL and all of that. So, so they don't want any, you know, especially in this COVID era, they do not want anything that's going to, you know, affect their ratings and make the, 
uh, COVID era worse than it, you know, worse than it already is. And so yeah. they they need to. I believe that 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 um they're gonna like try to make an example out of him, which I'm not mad at. Usually when you say, "Oh, they're gonna make an example out of that person," it's like it has like a negative. I don't think they even see him as a any type of value. He's like a free agent. That that's not even a known name. So oh, yeah. it's not. They don't really care for this uh, this person. Obviously, I think mm. if it was like a some A level name, maybe like you know Eli Manning, or you know, or Peyton Manning. I think I don't even know the names, but you know somebody was somebody on that caliber. Right, then right. And they could right. be like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the um, risk reward thing, right? Um, Shannon Sharp talks about this all the time. The more you produce the more bullshit your team in the NFL will tolerate. But if you're not yeah. producing and you're a free agent and you beat up your girlfriend and, uh, and it has a racial uh, connotation to it. You're not even old. on their radar, you know? Radar, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's going to be a headache for whatever team decides to pick him up. And so they don't want that. And, you know, it, a lot of players in the NFL are black. So I'm pretty sure it would be hell for him in the locker room, even if he does come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even think even if he got the opportunity, it might not be wise for him to even say, OK, yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll play again. He, he, I think he just need to call it quits, man. Fuck him. Um, what, what is he going to do, man? <laughs> are you going to are you going to take a livelihood from a man? <laughs> Fuck his livelihood, bro. Uh, <laughs> there's Walmarts. There's Targets. You he know? should be in jail, man. Put put his ass in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but if he has any kind of money, we know how money money allows people to skate on on things like this, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, so put him in prison, but at least give him his meds, you know. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, well that is that, man. Fuck Chad Wheeler in my book, and um, definitely on- definitely a very douchey name, man. Right, right. So. Trey Songs, <laughs> going on to the, to this next subject, is uh, Trey Songs was at a Chiefs game, um, the last Chiefs game when they played against the the Buffalo Bills in the AFC. I know you game. ran into him right at the game. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't there. Next year, I definitely you know would like to go to you know Chiefs games. Like my brother has been going, and he has a hell of a time every time. Um, so. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, you know, be there or, or, or see this game. But all I know is that um, Trey Songs got got into a pretty bad altercation with a cop. And it seems that he wasn't wearing his mask. That's what's being reported. Trey Songs wasn't wearing his mask at a game. Now, to you know, some some of the some of the people that are skeptical of this situation say that uh well look, look, there's people around around him that's not wearing his mask. I haven't um, dove too deep into like the people around him. I'm more so focused on this altercation he's had with a cop. But some people are like, oh, why why they got to pick on Trey Songs? There was other people not wearing their mask or whatever. But it's it's kind of bad because there was a new angle that came out recently, and not only does it show like Trey Songs appearing to throw the first punch at a cop, by the way, so he he, he punched the cop and put this cop in a headlock a headlock. But before all of that. Before all of that, there was a security call three different times to tell him I, I'm, um, I'm, um, I, I guess 
to put his mask on. So the video shows a security talk to him, and then some time pass. Uh, security comes again to talk to him, and then a third time, a, a security tells him like, "Yo, put your mask on." And I'm guessing he didn't comply, or less, at least that's what's being reported. And so uh, the Kansas City, you know, Casey, a KCPD officer came and approached him. Now, what's interesting about this is um, the cop comes um, in front of him in the row, in the in the row right, you know, in front of Trey Songs, and then they're talking for for like two minutes or maybe a minute and thirty seconds, and then the cop decides to go you know, up and go into Trey Song's row. But then Trey Song tops the row, you know, where the cop just was. So he's trying to, like, get away from the cop. And then the cop also comes down, like, he's hopping the chair as well, trying to, you know, uh, approach Trey Song's. And then finally, uh, this video appears to show Trey Song's uh, throwing a jab at the cop and then uh, eventually putting him in a, in a headlock. Um, Kansas City Police posted the footage. And yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Trey Man, I, I am surprised that you know I, I I would think if it was any any other you know black man that had a cop you know he, he was pretty much in that type of situation he would be scared for his life you know right. you never know yeah. and I feel like damn he really got away with with a lot. Yeah, and when I first heard about this story, people were making it seem like the cop ran up on Trey Songs, and Trey Songs swung on the cop without knowing that it was a cop. But from what I'm seeing here, it doesn't look like that. It looks like Trey Songs was definitely talking to this cop. The badge is visible, and uh, and and then it escalated. So yeah, it seems like he's definitely in the fault here. Like most, most, pretty much more than fifty percent. Yeah, man, it doesn't look too good. And you know, yeah, we're also- and all this over a mask, man. Come on, it just, just they had to tell him three times. Yeah, man, it, it it just doesn't seem, you know, from what we know, from what I'm looking at, it doesn't seem smart. And I'm not like a cop apologist or anything like that. I'm just looking at this specifically, objectively as I possibly can, and it 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 looks like this could have been avoided. Uh, you know, he had three different chances, it seems. And then the cop comes to him and the cop doesn't uh, attack him at all. Maybe when the cop came, because we don't hear audio, maybe the cop told him to leave and maybe Trey Song didn't want to leave. But that's just speculation on my part. But all I know, uh, Monty, as black as everybody, especially black people, we're told that, yo, if a cop tells you to do something or wants to arrest you, do not fight that. Even if you think it's unjust, because later on you can file a complaint. Not that, not that police departments often listen to uh, complaints, especially from black people, but... But nowadays, you might be able to get some money out of it or, you know, actually yeah, make, make some noise if you have video footage. But yeah. you know, still, it's like you don't want to risk anything, you know, but, but my, your life over anything like that. That's what I was about to say. Minus the money, minus and all that, you might just want to take that inconvenience, you know, uh, because it's not worth your, your life, right? Um, I'm just surprised he hooked off on the cop, right? It, it isn't just resisting arrest. It's <laughs> punching them and then putting them in a headlock. Like, yeah, I'm that, surprised, man. Because especially in Kansas City, right? Don't you aren't aren't the cops even more kind of strict, or you know they they would not hesitate to shoot, right? If something like this happened. Yeah, man. There was a lot of corruption. Like my nephew want uh my nephew wants to be a cop and all of that, and um his roommate 
his roommate was a cop that works for the KC, uh, Kansas City Police Department. And from from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of corruption in in, in that organization. Like, here's one quick story that uh, was told to me that came from uh, my nephew. Well, the story came from the cop that my nephew lived with, and then my nephew told me. And uh, there was a cop. This is this is random. This is a side note, but it's still the, one of the craziest things I've ever heard in regards to like cops. And this is cop on cop, I guess, violence. What I'm about to tell you. But so apparently, there's an officer in the force that slept with his partner's wife. And then when the partner found out about it, he approached that cop like, "Yo, you, you're 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 sleeping with my wife? Like, what the hell?" And that cop was like, "Yeah, I am. Like, what are you gonna <laughs> do? What, what are you gonna do about it?" Type of thing. And instead of the partner fighting that cop that was sleeping with his wife, allegedly he went to go kill himself. Based off of that, that that's that's the story I heard. Wait, kill himself? Yeah, he found out this 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 officer was sleeping with his wife. He confronted the officer. The officer was like, "Yeah, I am sleeping with your wife." And uh, the, there was depression that set in after that, and so that cop ended up killing himself. Um, but that's just one of the stories. There's a lot of wild Kansas City Police Department stories. And, you know, even though my nephew wants to be a cop, he said he, he just wanted to apply to other departments because he just couldn't believe what he was hearing. The story I just told you was one of the wilder ones in my head because I've never heard of anything like that. But everything else is just kind of like run-of-the-mill uh, corruption and shit. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I man. I, I would never punch a, a Kansas City police uh, officer because, like, it's any about, officer in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah of, course, of course, of course, of course. But just knowing what I know about our police in Kansas City, like, I, I'm surprised. You know, Trey Song's like, you know, just got arrested and was able to like, you know, live after that. But then again, he is at a Chiefs game, right? There's so many different. There's other witnesses, and there's a crowd around around Trey Song's. Some of which are defending Trey Song's. Like, hey, what the hell is that? Like. What, why are you bothering him? You know, that type, that type of thing. But, um, yeah, I, we'll, we'll keep you updated, guys. We'll keep you updated. There wasn't too much I, I had to um, say about it. In fact, I, I wasn't even really going to talk about it until this new angle came out showing that Trey Songz punched him first and showing him, showing him being warned on three or four separate occasions. Um, I guess the moral of this story, Monty, is just wear a mask. Like, I be seeing these viral videos of, like, past... Yeah, like, there's still, you know, thousands and thousands of people still dying, and you're going to a Chiefs game and probably, you know, spreading that shit around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I be seeing viral videos of passengers getting kicked off planes because they refuse to wear a mask. It's just so silly. <laughs> like, you know that there's a mask mandate, but you're still going to board a plane and then say, no, I'm not wearing one. It just seems like an utter waste of time um, at this point. And, a lot, uh, a lot of people are just, you know, getting their selfishness to get exposed with, uh, you know, how how spoiled they are in a way. Yeah, entitled, privileged. Um, yeah. And 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 nurses find it funny when people like object to wearing a mask out of like comfortability, like with comfortability issues because they have to wear it all the damn time, and they're like, this is nothing. Like, but um, and then if you go to Japan and like uh, like China. People wear masks anyway outside of a pandemic. A lot of them do. Um, so I don't know. It's not. It's 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 not a big deal, man. Where you got damn mask? Uh, and um, yeah. So, Mati, if there's nothing else, I guess we can move on to these to these uh, hip hop deaths. Yeah, there's uh, you know usually 
even one every week, but this week, two, two of them, and you know what's sad is nowadays you find out about their, about these rappers through their death, you know, you don't even know who they are before, and that's the sad part, you know, yeah, I, guess, man. I guess dying is the way, new way to blow up, and that's just, that's just sad how you, if you look yeah. at it that way. Blowing up after death, like, and you hear about it all the time when a rapper dies, their sales increase by like over a hundred percent, hundred and twenty-seven percent, hundred and eighty-six percent. Like the streams go up like crazy. Uh, success that they never seen. Man, well, thinking wow. of this, I'm I'm just wondering if any rapper gonna pull a stunt where they fake their own death to get get a lot of stream numbers. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. And yeah. maybe rappers would have more success. But from what I understand, a YouTuber tried to do that before, and and. Yeah, the rap. Oh yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. This, uh, he, he, he's a scummy ass YouTuber who makes videos, uh, yeah. talking to dead rappers, just talking to any famous people to, that passed away recently. I think that he definitely tried to fake his own death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do anything for views, as we know. Um, but so, I, I guess I'll start with the first artist, and uh. Again, guys, like this is my first time hearing about them. Like, I literally just heard their music after receiving the news of their death. Uh, and the first one we'll talk about is Six Dogs. Now, I heard about Six Dogs yesterday night. There was a friend on my Facebook, like, posting about his, um, about Six Dogs' death. And, um, he was, he was very distraught. He was sad. And so, um, I, you know, I looked him up today. And I heard, I heard his song. <laughs> it's a song called "Butt Cheeks" on a uh, lyrical lemonade. Shout out Cole Bennett and all of them. Um, and you know, despite the silliness of the title, um, and maybe some of the lyrics, I only heard it one time. The production and his voice, it was, it was, it was hypnotic in a sense. I actually liked it. Um, and I'm picky with my music these days, but I actually like the sound of his uh, biggest single on YouTube. But um, the news reports, rapper Six, Dog, rapper Six Dogs, who previously battled COVID-19, dies at 21 from apparent suicide. Oh, my God. Damn. Oh, my God. See, guys, I'm reacting to this article live. Like, I heard that he died, but I, you know, um, I don't know. I didn't know the circumstances of his death. That's like so, double whammy, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he, he battled COVID-19, survived that, and he dies at 21 from apparent suicide. Um. It says six dogs, six dogs whose real name was Chase, Chase Amick, reportedly died by suicide. The news was first shared by Everything Georgia on Twitter in a since-deleted tweet. The cause of death has not been officially confirmed. Last year, the Atlanta-based artist, who was best known for his songs such as Fago Dreams, Gucci Armor, and Someone, revealed that he had caught COVID-19. Um, you know, I guess earlier... He said, uh, I just took a COVID test and my results came back positive. He tweeted over the summer. I'm straight, just pretty, just a pretty bad headache. I'm a healthy dude, though, so I should be fine. Um, unfortunately, this will put a delay on the album. Thanks for rocking with me. And, yeah, Six Dogs was working on a follow-up to his 2019 album, High Hats and Heartaches. Six Dogs previously hinted about struggling with his mental health in November, though. Uh, he said, if you have friends in the music biz, call them and check on them. This rat... This rat race that we all are in is not cool. Some days I feel like a superhero. Um, and then he said, six, 
I don't know. The quote just kind of ends on this article. Like, so he says, some days I feel like a superhero, and then it says dot, dot, dot. So I'm guessing he's going to say other days he feels like shit, essentially. Um, Six Dogs was also candid about his rise to fame in his melodic songs about depression, suicide, and other heavy topics, according to his Apple Music profile. Um, Six Dogs was said to have tried to keep his music career a secret from his family during his teenage years as they were strict Christians. As a result, he moved out with his girlfriend when he was 18. In 2016, Six Dogs released his debut single, Flossing, on SoundCloud when he was only 17 years old. The hit landed him a deal at Interscope Records, and he amassed more than 140K SoundCloud followers before he passed away. Uh, fans and friends paid their respects to the late musician on social media. And... Um, so one fan said he may have been your favorite. He may have been your favorite rapper, Six Dogs, but to me he was one of the kindest. Uh, he was one of the kindest, toe painting, stargazing, art making, daydreaming, thoughtful, warmest souls I have ever met. The way you made us laugh and the ridiculous stories you would tell, uh, pal Benny Blanco wrote. Um, okay, so this is actually a, a close friend of his. Um, I'm just trying to replay them over and over. I miss your laugh. I miss your spirit. And most of all, I miss you, Chase. I love you. Rest easy. Um, Lil Aaron said, RIP Six Dogs, real underground legend. Made it all the way to Benny Blanco off of some internet rap songs, Forever the Goat. Uh, another another industry friend said, I fucking love you, Chase. Rest easy. You were too pure for this world. It doesn't matter if it's hard. I'm right beside you. Six Dogs forever. So, yeah, the article goes on where, where it shows... Um, both fans and artists and verified people on social media, just paying their respects. And um, yeah, man, it's sad. Another one gone before he could even see 30 or 25 or at the, in this case, 22 years old. Um, see, I'm wondering though, you know, he obviously had COVID at some point, but you know, that I guess the, his, his death and COVID-19 are not really related, related that much, but I, I do have I I I have read that you know COVID nineteen definitely has some long term effects on the brain or just even just even other different health issues that could affect even even the people who are who don't show symptoms right away you know a lot of people say you know it uh, they seem totally fine and you know when they have when they caught the virus and but people do say. You know, in the long term, there could be issues that you don't even know about that will come about later on. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It could be some issue that just popped up that after COVID. I don't know, man. It's very, it's very tough to see this type of situation. So, right, you right. To, you right. just try to make a, you just try to find a reason to it. You know, because suicide is always, always a dark subject, and you wonder why why the person would do do such a thing, and it's always always interesting. And always sad to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy you say that because uh, Dennis was telling me yesterday on the long term effects, like studies are showing long term effects that include a like a wide range of things, like yeah, like long term uh, lung damage and a lot of other things. Yeah, that and even more cerebral things like articulation, um, foggy, like cloudy thinking. Yeah. Um, loss of so, taste. Loss of lot of even. Uh, more susceptible to uh, to developing Alzheimer's and I don't know a lot of stuff and even they they just uh, started doing research so they don't even know mm -hmm. uh, so it's like yeah when people say oh, I caught the 
got virus, I was fine, so no big deal. But you never know, man. You never this this is a brand new thing, so it could affect yeah. you in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, with these, because like before, it was about making it past that fourteen day cycle. But now that there's new studies showing the long-term effects of COVID, it might change a couple of people's minds on that vaccine because originally people looked at this kind of like a worse version of the flu and, and see, you know, most people don't die that get it. And so people just, you know, are, are more willing to roll the dice. But if you're talking about permanent effects, permanent side effects, that's crazy. But, um, you know, it's not about COVID or whatever, but Monty, that is an interesting point, like him battling COVID, beating it. Um, and plus, he did make music about depression and suicide, uh, depression, yeah, anxiety. He's definitely one of the, definitely was involved in the SoundCloud rap scene from the sound of it, you know. Right, and, right, right. And so his, the, his death almost kind of, I don't know, it almost shows, not even shows, just shows like a lot of people in the SoundCloud scene are really going through it on a lot of different ways, not even just you know, that, that's like the harshest thing that could happen to somebody. But yeah, yeah that's, uh, that scene is very, you know, suffering a lot of different ways, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, but rest in peace, man. Definitely. Uh, just another, another one, you know, not just gun violence, uh, rappers lose their lives in so many different ways. And it's crazy. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, speaking of gun violence, this concerns the second artist we were going to touch on. His name is 18 Vino. Uh, he's a rising South Carolina uh, rapper and uh, 18 Vino, an emerging rap star in South Carolina with singles such as 1942 and Slugs was reportedly shot and killed inside of a home in Rock Hill, South Carolina on Saturday, January 23rd. According to uh, w WCNC Charlotte, police responded to a home in the 400 blocks of Byer Street and discovered two teens ages 17 and 18 suffering from gunshot wounds. Both were transported to uh, Pledmont Medical Center where they were pronounced dead. As word spread confirming Vino had passed, platforms such as Rap Caviar were quick to pay respects to Vino, touting him as one of the next stars from uh, the Carolinas. RP 18 Vino, Rap Caviar wrote, he was really on the come up out of South Carolina, prayers up for his loved ones. Um, in September, uh, in September 2020, Vino released his debut mixtape, Pablo, and took to Instagram to highlight how fans began gravitating towards his music. And, um, yeah, so... He, he uh, definitely had a sound, man, that, that was bound to blow up any time soon. So it's very I, sad, man. I agree, bro, because I, I heard Slugs, and, and he has, he definitely has that... He has a special sound, you know, yeah. you know. And it looked like he had support behind him, you know, people helping him out with the videos, production, you know, making it sound, uh, mixing masters. So he definitely was on the come up. Yep, yep, yep. And his Spotify uh, streams were looking pretty good. Uh, almost 800K streams. Uh, listeners, 125K, 92 countries. Hours, 26K. These are like Spotify stats. And, um... No suspect information has been released regarding Vino's death. And, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. That was kind of a, you know, it's just gun violence again. It's <laughs> gun violence again. And um, I felt like we talk about this all the damn time. You know, rest in peace, Mo3, rest in peace, King Von, and all the other artists that died from, from gun violence, Jimmy Wapo. Uh, it just seems like a reoccurring thing. And um, 
again, I, I think, you know, looking at his trajectory, I would have heard about 18 Vino this year, but unfortunately I heard about him due to his death. Um, yeah, yeah he could have, it could have even been in a, in a couple of years, could have been an XXL lineup. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, damn. Definitely. I like this so sound. Many, so many artists that young, 19, man, not even 21. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just a teen pretty much, basically. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, the baby, um, there's, there, the Carolinas are coming up, man. There's, their music scene is opening up. And he definitely would have been a part of that new crop of, that new crop of artists representing the Carolinas who historically have kind of been uh, shunned from the music industry. And uh, so they're, they're starting to see a, uh, we're starting to see a surge of artists blow up from the Carolinas and 18 Vino definitely would have been one of them. Well, now he is one of them because his name is spreading like wildfire or whatever. It's just that he's not alive to enjoy the fruits of his labor. He's not alive to get those flowers from new fans. Um, and yeah, it's just a tragedy. Uh, it's another tragedy. And um, yeah, man, young. Yeah, always, uh, always. Yeah, when we're, whenever we talk about death, man, it's like always the, mostly the same thing, man. It's just so, it's a depressing thing to read about, but you know, it's always something. I don't even know if it could have been avoided. It's like, you know, yeah. What, what could you what What could you even do at this point, especially that young? You don't even know. You, you can never predict somebody's gonna gun you down like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, rest in peace to the to the you know his friend as well. Um, although there's 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 conflicting there's conflicting news stories. So Revolt reports that he passed away at age 18, but NY Daily News reports that he was killed at age 19. Both young ages, but like damn, you would that would have been dark, man. Considering his name, you know. Oh, 18 V. Yeah, man, it's a. Uh, Fuck, 2021, man. It's like 2020 redux already, it seems like, um, for hip-hop and beyond. Um, yeah, man, rest in peace, 18 Vino and Six Dog. There's not too much we can really uh, say about it. Since I just heard heard you guys, and I've only heard a couple of singles that I actually like, um, I, don't know, I don't know too much uh, more to say than that. I don't know about their personalities or anything like that. But I just know it's a tragedy, and that they had a ton of talent, and their trajectory, their trajectory was looking good, and now their fans are devastated. Their new fans are devastated. Um, so, on to the next topic, Monty. So, hot new hip hop reports: Kanye West violently screams at Chance the Rapper, and Twitter reacted. Um, people are telling all kinds of jokes about the video of Kanye screaming at Chance the Rapper. We've come a very long way since the days when Chance the Rapper was crooning. Quote, I met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail. Since then, Chance the Rapper released his much-critiqued debut studio album, The Big Day, which many on social media would be quick to declare a failure. This weekend, things got even worse for Chano after the rapper was seemingly on the other end of a screaming shop showdown from his idol and mentor, and it was all captured on video. I think the uh, context behind the video is... Remember when Kanye had a Twitter meltdown uh, during, you know, I don't even know uh, uh, what state was he in during making of the album Donda? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, uh, wait, wait. Like he has an album called Donda. Yeah, like, he was uh, he was working on it. And oh, he was, was working on Donda. Yeah, yeah I, this I, is the documentary behind it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure what state he was on, but the article does go on to read, as previously reported, a video leaked from alleged documentary that Kanye West could be planning to release alongside his next studio album. In the video, Kanye stands up and starts violently screaming at Chance the Rapper. The unintelligible arguments seemed extremely tense, and Chance liked some of the tweets that could explain what actually went down. Uh, quote, apparently Chance wasn't there to work on the album, but just to talk to Kanye, and Kanye yeah. being an extreme manic hold on and kanye being in an extreme manic episode didn't take it lightly um okay it was during one of his outbursts where remember when he was accusing kim and mcmill uh, mm -hmm. to uh, being together and that was i think that was during that point and, ah and chance he flew flew down there and i guess try to console him and and kanye just uh just went off on him and imagine, man, I feel bad for Chance, though, man. Imagine you trying to talk sense into him, you know, trying to, or even, not even sense, or just trying to calm him down, and somebody like that just goes off on you. And especially at their worst time, you know, uh, he's not taking his meds, you know, uh, you know, dealing with the manic episode, and I, I don't know, I would not, I would not be able to handle that type of person. That, and it's just coming from your idol and your mentor. Yeah. Yeah, Yo, senior Kanye. idol at, at, at his one of his lowest point. It's like, mm. yeah. Then you and, got a question. Uh, you got a question. You know your your belief, or even you know how we talk about you know not worshiping people, worshiping people. Yeah, hero hero worship is the it, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for the the person you're worshiping, and it's unhealthy for the person yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Now, seeing that this is like leaked footage from a documentary, I am to assume that this is old, and I'm hoping that the relationship has since been repaired. Yeah, uh, I think it it has. I don't think this type of stuff. You know, if you if you can't deal with that type of stuff, that should not break you or your friendship with the. With agree, the agree. Yeah, yeah. If Unless it, they really know, cause, uh, you know, they really throw some crazy insults at you that. That's hard to take back, or you know, but does some shit tie like that white rapper, you know? Now, not 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 a white rapper. I mean, the white football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's um. Oh, hold on. This video started playing. Uh. Yeah, man. It it it's just, it's just sad because you know, once upon a time, Kanye took his bipolar disorder serious, and then we then saw Kanye say basically that he. It was due to sleep deprivation. I didn't believe that. Many other people didn't, didn't believe that. Like, it's nice you would want to believe that. Like, oh, okay, he just hasn't been sleeping. And I know how I get when I'm when, when I'm without rest. So it is tempting, and uh, you know, it's 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 easy it's easier to take in. But the reality is, Kanye has mental health issues, and he has manic episodes. I don't think there's any evidence of him sleeping with Meek Mill. And all that. I don't know. I don't know either either of them or whatever. But I didn't believe it when he went on that that tangent. It just seemed like another uh, episode. And in in this case, Chance the Rapper was the recipient of all of Kanye's manic rage. And yeah, well, we got a lot of funny memes out of it, though. I think. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't even seen the memes. I haven't even seen the memes, but I can imagine them being. 
I can I can imagine them being uh, hilarious though. Um, and it's funny because even before discussion of Kanye's bipolar disorder, when he was in a more favorable light with fans, like we've seen him basically like it makes you recontextualize everything that he's done in his past that was similar to outbursts, like running up on uh, Taylor Swift on stage or telling Sway, like, you don't got the answer, Sway. Like, we looked at those kind of like, you're like, like, okay, it's just Kanye being Kanye. But, you know, you know, because Kanye being Kanye with, uh, with the disorder, you know? Yeah, yeah. But my, but my point is, he, he probably had this disorder for way longer than we, you know, uh, we originally yeah. thought we originally I guess thought. it was not di- diagnosed because yeah I think a lot of people are walking around with a lot of different mental conditions or issues that that <laughs> haven't gone to the doctor to get it checked out because we don't really we don't really look at mental issues as and you know a lot of people don't look at it as something to be treated you know or they don't even realize that they have it yeah, I mean, we'll go to the doctor and get a physical checkup, but what about your, you know, checkup on your mental space? We don't look at it. We don't equate those two things, but it's just as serious. So um, I guess more of the story is take your mental health serious and, um, you know, it's okay. It's okay to to be diagnosed and, and, and take your mental health seriously and, you know, you can still live with it. Um, there's tons of mental health uh, issues in my family, ranging from schizophrenia to bipolar disorder, and in all these instances of this, when they go without their meds, the worst thing happens, you know. So, um, yeah, man, uh, Kanye West is a goat. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to to uh, new music that might not be as gospel heavy or whatever. I, I you still cannot believe- you cannot look forward to Kanye's music, man. He, he's never. He promised he was going to drop his uh, Donda album around November last year. And we, we still haven't heard nothing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, let it's me like rephrase. hard to be looking forward to anything. I, let I me, just, let me, yeah. Yeah, let me rephrase. I think Kanye West still has some, some classics to make. And, I, you know, I haven't given up on him. Like, Kanye has pissed me off. But he's still, he's still a GOAT. You know, it's still very influential. Drake, Chance the Rapper. There's tons of artists that are here that come from that Kanye West tree. Uh, and I still very much believe he's a genius, despite him giving me all these headaches and stuff. Um, remember, remember, he ran for president. That's, that was such a, a, a insignificant thing that happened. And it's like, man, uh, hopefully he learned from that. You know, his ego uh, took a note of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because people at that rally that he that he was uh, speaking at, they 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 weren't feeling him, and I think he thought there was going to be a lot more fanfare than it actually was. Like people really just didn't care. Um, and Kanye West probably thought he would have that Trump effect, but it it just really was it was it, it just wasn't effective. But maybe in twenty twenty four, Monty things will be different. I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully he he stays out of politics. I agree. I agree. And if he does go into politics, take his medication. Even that, I honestly, I wouldn't want him. I, yeah. I don't want any of these, you know, celebrities, uh, you know, dealing with politics. They should, right, right. you know, just I, stay out of it. I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Um, but I'm just saying, worst case scenario, if Kanye does run, run for president, I don't want to see manic episodes at rallies and debates like that would be it will make for great memeable moments don't get me wrong but you know 
I just don't like. I want Kanye's legacy to be defined by like you know the greater man. He he probably does that on purpose. He thinks you know that that fuels his fire. Or, you know that probably makes him even more popular. I don't know, man. Cause yeah, yeah. I don't know what other reason he wouldn't. Besides, maybe he's probably dealing with some side effects with the medicine. That could be the main reason you would not want to take the medicine. But you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah, definitely yeah. understand his frustrations if it was that case. But when when people tell Kanye they shouldn't or 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 not to do something, he's gonna want to do it even more, right? Oh like, yeah, he's like a baby man. You know, you tell a kid not to do something, they do it even more. Yeah, and, and for a lot of his career, it worked out, right? Because remember, he he started off as a producer. It was reported that Jay Z didn't even want him to rap, and now Jay Z acknowledges that letting Kanye rap was like the, one of the best things he could have ever done as a a music executive, right? Yeah, he and, always and, brings that up. Like you know, they told me not to be a fashion designer. Now look at me. The Yeezy, yeah. man. The yeah. Yeezy made Ye a billionaire, bro. So I don't I, I'm not I'm not in the doubting business or whatever like that. I just want to try yeah, I just think some of those uh mountains that Kanye tries to conquer is it's it's unnecessary and it's a bad look. And um yeah, like like we don't talk about this enough, Monty, or not enough, but a lot. I don't see people really talking about this. But there was a phase where Kanye West wanted to make the Confederate flag a like a fashion statement. Like oh you know, yeah. Kind of like how black people took the took the n-word and we made it like how we make it uh he wanted to take the confederate flag and make it like his and that didn't work out it didn't last long at all um and yeah i'm glad i'm glad he let that go i'm glad he let that go um but moving on moving on to uh specifically man if he if he if uh connie actually did you know uh sport like a confederate flag and you know at some point they probably use that on Twitter. A lot of people would have used that, you know, once he became a Trump supporter, you know, with that oh, flag. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So moving on to like better conversations, a lot more lighter, but just as you know, I guess thought provoking as other topics. Um. Is the idea about music being an art form. Um. First off, Monty, wait, you know, wait, if wait. somebody asks you, though, you know, do you think, you know, music is art? Wouldn't you say, of course it is, right? That's like, I, I would think most people would say, yeah, it is. Bro, and everything associated with it is not only the audio, not only the MP3 file or the WAV file or whatever, but the, the album covers, bro. We got some legendary album covers that I think belong in the museum or any in any art museum uh, or even music videos you can't look at Kendrick Lamar's element video and tell tell me that that's not art um and even low quality lo-fi videos that we think are trash that's art you know it's saying something um and if we look at the definition now art is one of those things that is one of those it's one of those concepts that is very hard to define but uh the the if you google the definition of art, it's the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty and emotional power. But 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 you see that first part though, Monty, the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. So when people tell me that music's not art, people really, a lot of people really believe that game uh, games are not art. Like there's more people that, from what I've seen, there's more people that argue that games are art than music, but you know, music is up there too, where people, bro, it's, it's just beyond paintings. It's beyond drawings. It's the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. Uh, we associate creativity with music. Do we not? 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely. That's it's not really. True. It's not really a, a, a argument to be argument to be made. Just because albums aren't like selling like I don't know, uh, Banksy uh, Banksy uh, uh, paintings doesn't mean it's any less uh, less um, art. So, but though, but uh, Vince Staples, you know, one of definitely one of one of the more one of my favorite, I would say, even uh, artists, you know, from current generation, uh, had right. something different to say. And okay. but hold on, hold on, Monty, I'm gonna pause you there. When you say he's one of your favorite uh, artists in the in, in this generation, are you talking about as a personality, or are you talking about his actual music? I'll say even both, because you know, and uh, he's definitely. He's definitely a funny individual too. If you, if you, he's very entertaining, because he he always he always he always has something funny as shit to say, or just even from here, even if you don't agree with it, it's like it's something thought provoking or even outside the box. He's definitely he's definitely a creative that I respect, and you know his his album, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was definitely it was definitely one of the one of the one of his uh, one of my favorite works. I'm. I gotta look it up because you know I'm pretty bad with names. Right, but, right, uh, right, right. It had a concept. I think one of the songs from it, and it really depicted. It depicted like, you know, it obviously sounds. If you just look at it, outside perspective, if you're not into hip hop, you think it's just a you know modern day trap song. But if you just right. look deep within it, it's very. Uh, how he how he breaks down the lyrics or how is he performing it and even the music video. It pretty much shows like kind of the modern day section eight or even the ghettos, uh, if you would put it. Like he breaks that breaks that shit down in a video format, and that was like, mm. that was like deep as hell. Definitely, definitely, yeah, man. I, I I fuck with Vince Staples. If there's any artist that that you know I want to hear hear talk about like a bunch of random shit, it would be Vince Staples. Like Vince Staples is one of those artists that I would want to have a podcast. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The album I think it was called FM. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Like I've been sleeping on like Vince Staples. Every time I listen to like a single of his, uh, uh, "Singerita," "Lift Me Up," and all of those, I'm never ever disappointed. And they make the playlist. But in terms of like consuming his old album, I feel like I've been a little bit disrespectful because I haven't. Yeah. So I would uh, say he's kind of for me personally. I think I, I do wish he would pick. Some better beats. I don't Uh-oh. think his beats are <laughs> my favorite because uh, you know I, I put a little bit too much stock when it comes to you know beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, production is art, Monty. It is. It's okay yeah. to be an art critic, you know. Yeah, um, but in this video though, he okay. Uh, he had some you know things to say when it comes to music being art, or mainly not even I guess music or even hip hop. Cause you know he's he's a hip hop artist. He he's gonna approach it from a hip hop aspect. Facts. And I think uh, you you could read it, and I posted even in the Google Docs. He uh, somebody from somebody from Reddit actually you know broke it down, almost like a verbatim what he had to say in that video. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking at the Google Docs. The font is small, so if I struggle a little bit. Um, my bad. You can make it um, bigger. Okay. One second. I'm trying to enlarge this font, font, guys, so I'm not slipping and stumbling as I read this to you guys. Uh, but Damn, you made it really big. 
<laughs> bro, I need new glasses. I love my glasses right now, but I, I need to up my prescription. I just been I've been neglecting. Actually, you need uh, to downgrade your prescription because uh, mm. I read a theory. Not even a theory. There's this new practice going on where, yeah. when it comes to glasses, if you wear lower than what you need, your eyes adjust to it over time. So mm. it's weird. It's okay. interesting. I don't know if there, there's any scientific basis to it. Probably not. Right, there's right. Like a theory. I'll definitely, yeah, I'll check that out because again, I need, I need to, I need to get my eyes checked, man. It's been years since I had an eye exam, and I hear if you, you know, wear glasses or whatever, I hear that you're supposed to check in like every year. But back to the subject. Someone named Norm ninety eight broke down what he said and his argument. Okay, so someone named Norm ninety eight on Reddit said this quote: "How can music be art if the price of music isn't curated? Most albums are sold at a very cheap, low price, while art, as in like paintings, has a price determined by critique, curator, or enthusiast." I believe. Okay, that so just on this first point, well, what do you make of it? Um, how can I be? How can music be art if the price of music isn't curated? Most albums are sold at very cheap, low price, while art, as in like paintings, has a price determined by critique, curator, or enthusiast. I don't, like me personally, I don't think that matters, though. Like, price being curated, being, being uh, like... I a- think he's really looking at it from a more commercial perspective, also, uh, even just just based on the term or the word. He's not even... He's not even looking at it the i guess bigger than it is because he's looking at just the word art and con- put, putting a context in a different way i don't that's know why, that's why i said like art when it comes to the definition is like left to like interpretation but i'm looking at it as an expression or application of human uh creative skill and imagination i don't care about the price i don't care about curation or whatever I'm okay about- let, what does google has to say i already <laughs> read no no, I already read. I already read it. Oh, right? that, that's that's what it says? Yeah, that's what it says. The expression mm. or application of human creative skill and imagination. That's how I look at art. Even before reading that de- uh, definition, that's putting words to what I already felt about art. I don't give a damn about critique, curator, or enthusiast. Matter of fact, a lot of people make groundbreaking art, Monty, that don't see the light of day. There, there's like uh, there's historical precedent of like great painters that didn't get any recognition until after they died. I don't think the eyes made that painting any more art than it was while they were alive. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're a great artist and you're making paintings that nobody give a fuck about while you're alive, I don't think your death and then the critique of that art makes it art at that point because it already is what it is. It's just that now you're looking at it. Um, and yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you because uh, you know when I when I watched uh, what he had to say, uh, I definitely understood uh, his his point, but he didn't really articulate it. You know, he didn't really look at it at a bigger scope. And at first I was like, hmm, I really agree with him. But if you really look at it and break it down, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, it, it just needs to be considered art. You know, if you if you break down and just look at it, everything. Right, right, right. But I want to do him justice, so I'm, I'm, I'll continue. He says, uh, I believe there is a point about certain distance paintings have from the sale of a painting. Art is made given to an agent or something of that nature given to a museum or art show, then the price is determined. While music is made, copied onto disc and sold at $2 uh, $2 everywhere, the difference between selling a million units of an album versus selling a single art piece for a million dollars, I believe there is a point about the respect an artist may get versus a musician. I believe there is a point about the respect an artist may get versus a musician. Um, Yeah, man, I I simply disagree. The way I mean, definitely get his point here too, because uh, you know music, 
you know, if it if it considered, I guess if you look at it in a in a different way, say, you know, it's it's not it's not valued at the same level as as it should be, right? Say music, it's made, and you just sell it for such a cheap price, but somebody did an art, just uh, just an art in general, you know, drew yeah. something, I guess, and they sold it for two million dollars, but. If you look at it a different point, though, because I remember, you know, Mos Def, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, Mos Yasin Bey, you know, he changed his name. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Mos Def, Mos Def. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say it a different way, but you fine. I think what he decided to do was he actually st stopped selling his music. You know, pretty much what Vince Staples is talking about. You know, putting it putting it into disc and selling it for like two dollars. Yeah. He actually put his album in a museum, and he pretty much approached it. What you know, Vince Staples is pretty much exactly talking about, and it didn't really do that well, you know, because because this is a different form. It's a different art form, because music you can't really approach it the same way as a as a painting, because you know that's that's it's a whole different medium. So, you know, listening to a song versus creating an art, and you know displaying it in a in a in a in, i guess in a room i guess you can't really compare so you know i guess yeah vince staples is i don't really agree with him either at this point mm. yeah and so the guy goes on to say the way a musician has to sell and promote themselves more so than their music i believe this is his point about how a musician has to be on billboards and go to award shows once a contract is signed music often goes from a hobby about expression into a job about making the most money um okay like i'm, I'm i agree with that point though man i definitely agree kind yeah of yeah but but i feel like we're having two different like there's value of art and like quantity and commercializing art and then there's like art as to what it is i'm arguing about it being art i don't bro Lil b i don't <laughs> i don't like his music he has millions and millions of big states he has uh he makes low quality music in my opinion uh quantity way over quality but you can't tell one of his fans that it's not one of the it's not art. And um, I wouldn't say that it's not. I wouldn't say that it's not art. But um, yeah. like I think we need a different word because, uh, you know, this this word is such a it has such a broad, broader ter term nowadays. It's such a you know, it, it, it's it is used in such a different way nowadays. So it's like, bro, Monty, the Wu-Tang Clan album sold for two million dollars through the uh, Martin Squirrel. You remember that? Oh, yeah. That album, yeah. whether like it's art, whether it's for two million dollars or it's a dollar that everybody's able to get, or even Nipsey Hussle. I think this was like a, a, a art, almost a art artistic experiment, if you will. Nipsey Hussle sold his uh project for a hundred dollars, and then he also put it out for free. But if you bought it for a hundred dollars, you had access to like special things. Shout out, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, he's a goddamn legend. And then after that, he even went to sell like he put out another project and he sold it for a thousand dollars each. But he also put it out for free. But people did buy it for a thousand dollars each. But people that didn't have that was still able to listen to it. It's still art to me, bro. So yeah, I, I think we're having in a lot of cases. I think we're having two different conversations. If we're talking about the value of art, if we're talking about artistic integrity, because I think that's where a lot of them, are, a lot of these guys are getting at, is the artistic integrity versus whether art is is art. But yeah, so Monty, like, like you said, I think we need a. It, it had to be a different term for me personally, but I'm down to like have conversations with somebody that, that that can like articulate to me why my point of view is wrong and why art is just 
this. But since there's not like a scientific or objective metric to designate it, there would never be like a hundred percent like agreement in the interpretation. And that's another thing about art. It's about interpretation. Because Monty, you see those those famous paintings. I don't know the the the, the artist that I'm thinking about, but you see some of these paintings that sell like crazy that yeah like van gogh or picasso you know yeah yeah but some of them look like a three-year-old did it like scribbles yeah. and drawings and shit like that yeah. <laughs> so so uh and, and and you know we can later on talk about not now but like how there's a lot of there there's there's a lot of exclusion and scammy practices in the art in the art show world man we um, just watched the show just uh, covering all that uh you know the, the great pretender pretty much did a whole story arc on on you know just art being sold uh pretty much skimming the art art industry yeah 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 um so yeah man that's basically my take on that but it's a it's a great it's a great discussion um also and- nowadays when it comes to art you know a lot of a lot of artists there's like so many artists on the internet and they do pretty much do the same thing as a lot of musicians do. You know, they don't they don't charge that shit for like a million dollars. You know, they sometimes give it away for free, or you know, charge twenty dollars, ten dollars. You know, so it's it definitely changed over the years. I think time also has to do a lot with the term too, because you know, it's not it's not the same as back in the day where where art was made in a different form. So it's a, yeah yeah you know, time definitely has to do a lot with the two. Yeah, but there's also a reason we call rappers, rap artists, uh, um, pop artists, pop artists, like artists in the in the name of what we designate these people to be creators of. So I um, think I definitely understand Vince's point, though, because I think obviously if you just if you just uh, if he's just talking about the, you know, art form, music being an art form, mm-hmm. I would say he's not I wouldn't agree with him, but yeah. I, I think it's coming more from a commercialization point of view where, you know, he, he doesn't really look at the artist who, who sign a contract, I guess, or, you know, pretty much give a, don't, don't have that much artistic in, integrity the right, same right. way as, you know, somebody, I guess, even like him. But that's the thing, though, Monty, Monty, looking at that clip. And I might look at the, you know, look at it again later or look at the whole episode. It's on Joey, ba- uh, Joey Badass podcast. I didn't even know Joey Badass had a podcast. What am I doing? <laughs> anyway. I think it's uh, on Jay-Z's uh, platform. Title. Like Jay-Z. Title. Yeah. Okay. Shout out, shout out title. But um, Vince Staples is, is not saying from this clip that art isn't music or can't be music. But yeah, he is talking about the commercialization of it and the, uh, for in my opinion, the value of it. But there's a greater conversation we can have later on, Monty, about artistic integrity and how a lot of artists can't even afford to have artistic integrity if they ever hope to want to live off of it. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. So like, like, yeah, that's why, that's why they take a record contract. Yeah, somebody once said, I don't know if it was L.A. Reid, there's music. There's art, there's there's music that feeds your soul, and then there's music that pays the bills. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I did see an argument, though, that, uh, you know, when it comes to artists or, you know, people who draw or, you know, paint, they would be less inclined to take some more of a corporate gig or, you know, it's like a record deal in, in, in some sense than a music artist or like a rapper. Mm. Uh, I saw an argument made. I don't know if there's any. I would have to check that out. But I definitely, I definitely understand his point because, you know, I guess artists are more, 
even 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 if they're you know going hungry or you know they're struggling they they would think taking a work uh, from a corporate uh, point of view or or you know just they they would think you know selling your soul is is more worse than anything else even if they're making money maybe uh, so maybe so but i know a lot of like we would have to test that theory by making art the art version of music labels yeah. there's not a lot you, of like you have to do a scientific test cuz you know there's yeah. also a lot of hip hop artists you know that's why we have the underground scene in hip hop cuz you know like famous rapper like Moro Technique even uh, Tech 9 yep. a lot of other artists who pretty much did the same type of shit they didn't take a record deal mhm so that's a great conversation and i don't think it's the last time we'll be talking about it um so yeah Auntie, thanks for uh, showing me this this clip because I I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. I really appreciate it though that you know Vince Staples. Yeah. I want more. Thinking more outside the box. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear more from Vince Staples. Not uh, I got to stop sleeping on his music as much, and I also want to. I would love to see him on on more podcasts, if not having a podcast himself. <laughs> like his mind is just his mind. Yeah, because you know he usually shows his goofy side, but he definitely has the intelligent side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, somebody said, man, he should go out go out and be a politician or something. And then somebody was like, man, nah, he's a he's a crip. Like his crip background might, you know, stop that from happening. And he still oh, yeah, didn't know I he was a crip. That. And he still like kind of reps it. He's nah. he's not out in the streets gangbanging or whatever, but you know, he he's, he still, you know, talks about cripping and all that. So um it is what it is. So um our fifth and final uh discussion piece is um something that I struggle with initially. Uh, it's dream artist. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's dream artist and producer album project collaboration. Um, and Monty said, you know, get you, you know, we need to like list three, list three dream uh, producer artist collaborative projects that we would uh, want to see uh, happen. Um, and keyword being dream because the likelihood of it happening, it, it might, it depending on who it is, depending on who it is. So, uh, uh, Monty, you want to go like back and forth or you want to start with your three or start with my three? Like how you want to do it? Yeah, we could definitely go back mm. and forth. Okay. Well, Monty, since you were the person that, uh, brought me this topic, I, I want to hear yours first. Your, your first one. I got some weird ones, man. I you got some weird ones. I actually got four, Damn. man. Cause, uh, but my first one was actually very more of an oddball, oddball choice because I wanted to mix it up a little. Uh, you know, some somebody a lot of people would not expect that uh, that you know to be paired up as a producer and even a rapper, like a full album even. And my choice was uh, Mick Mill and The Alchemist. You know The Alchemist, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend, legend. He's a uh, more of a leg- le- legendary, more of a underground producer he worked with a lot of a lot of artists from you know even mf doom and a lot of benny the butcher even you know a lot of a lot of modern uh also is i think the most notable you know artist that he has worked with recently is action bronson you know they have it i think they even made a collaborative album whole album too so i was like i, I put mick meal because i feel like he would definitely f- fit that type of Type of sound, cause and a lot of people would not expect him to do do this type of stuff. But I think Mick Mill and Rick Ross already made a song with The Alchemist, and it was actually pretty fire, man. Uh, I forgot the name of the song, but you could just type in Mick Mill and The okay. Alchemist, and it should pop up. And 
I definitely want to see more of that style from McMill when it comes to production. And, you know, also, you know, McMill, he definitely reminds me of, uh, if you know, um, Freddie Gibbs, right? Yeah, yeah, Freddie yeah. Gibbs. He's, he's also notable to being a rapper that, that could always, you know, rap over some hardcore trap beats and also go, you know, work with, or work on, you know, work with producers like the Alchemist or Madlib, you know, just more something, you know, some like some old school type beats. And I think Mick Mill definitely has that type of, type of same energy too, where he could, he could, you know, just kill any type of trap beat he wants also, you know, just, just also do a lot of different type of production and especially like a production from Alchemist and I think he he would definitely needs to do a lot more of that type of stuff okay. too and I don't know he, he he really doesn't do that much but I definitely want to see him more so I think Meek Mill and Alchemist would be would be a crazy crazy weird ass you know unexpected project okay yeah I, w- I wouldn't have expected that Monty but I expect the unexpected with you right and I'm not gonna lie, Monty. It, it was hard me, with me coming up with three, and I think my last one is almost cheating a little bit. But I'm, I'm gonna still say it just because um, I want to see it. You know, it is a, a dream project. Once I put, yeah, this is a dream dream project. So yeah, you definitely gotta go. Yeah, with yeah, what yeah. you want to see. Um, now I guess what I'm gonna go with is because you said dream artist and uh, producer. You didn't say rapper per se, and I gotta go with the goat. Uh, the weekend is a goat to me, right? And first off, I want to say this. The Weeknd's production is some of the best production I've ever heard. So every a lot of his albums already have dream production. But if you look at the record he did with... um, Let me guess. Let me guess uh, the producer you're you trying to name. Go ahead. Metro Boomin, right? Oh, my God. What the fuck? Bro, how? How? How did you guess that? Man, come on. I would think that's the most obvious choice when it comes to the weekend, because you know. How though? Because like, if you look at his his discography, all I heard from Metro Boomin and Weekend was Heartless, right? See, he's, Heartless- he's the only I feel like the mo- uh, more more notable hip hop producer that the weekend worked with. I can't really name. Like not, all the other producers, yeah, yeah. yeah. He definitely he worked did. with a lot of producers, but not not anybody that that appeared on the damn title, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, I gotta adopt. Do- I miss the old days of albums where it shows like the credits and shit like that. But nowadays, the way we consume music, like you know, we stream and and YouTube and all of that. So I couldn't even tell you all the like uh, the producers that worked on the weekend's projects. I just it's know messed that up, it's- man. As you know, the music industry still has not done that shit where they credit the producer on the... on the. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I like Metro Boomin because he put his face on his shit. Like, he was like, you're going to know who I am. Yeah. Uh, and we, we are in somewhat of an era. era, um, And I guess in like the 2010s or like mid-2010s where producers were putting a face to who they were, right? And they, they do like DJ style compilation projects. What I mean by that is like DJ Khaled. Now DJ Khaled is technically uh, an executive producer. Like and he's a, he's like a visionary. Cause I, there's different, there's a difference between beat makers and visionaries. So, so DJ Khaled does count as a producer. Uh, DJ drama is a, is a, is a DJ, but they would, yeah. they're known for their compilation. Yeah, there's like album. a difference between a executive producer and, you know, like and a, a producer, producer, right. Yeah. And uh, 
So Metro Boomin, DJ Mustard, these are guys that put a personality and a face to their music. Now, Monty, it is something to be said as well that some producers probably like their anonymity. Yeah, I was going to well. mention that. You know, that's another perk of you know, little perk of being a producer. If you uh, if you want to go into that field, you know, being being more low key. You know, a lot of people like that, but you know, I definitely want more people have to you know more producers to have that choice of you know being anonymous and and if they want their name on their you know they they should have more you know power say so yeah, yeah. say so and rather they want to choose yeah yeah that's true that's true but yeah metro movement is from uh missouri st louis i'm not from st louis but as you know like it's like it's still, it's still the state you know same state yeah 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 and, and kansas city and st louis even though there's like a rivalry or whatever People in St. Louis, what I've seen ever since the Rams left to L.A., they, they root for the Chiefs as well. So there is solidarity there. And Metro, even though Metro Boomin moved to Atlanta to get his career popping, he's still a, a St. Louis guy. And, um, and man, his come-up story is amazing. And I want to also remind you guys that Metro Boomin, I don't want to say resurrected because it never died, but he helped Future reinvent himself. Future used to make, like, more radio singles, and even he, he started becoming poppy. You know, he did that right Even 21 not, Savage, man. That's another fire. Yes. Yeah. Another fire duo, Metro but, Boomin. But but Future was starting to like the uh uh decline a little bit or whatever. I mean, he was still doing his numbers, but that I'll never forget that three mixtape run with Future. And Future's not even my favorite artist, but Metro Boomin made three projects with uh Future. One called uh Beast Mode, one called Monster uh Monster, I believe, and the other one called 56 Nights. And those three mixtapes like reinvented and like reboosted, uh, 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 re lit the excitement. It ignited more excitement about future. So Metro Boomin is a legend for that. Um, and you know, then he went to go work with uh, he worked with Drake, and he worked with Drake and Future on their collab project, "What a Time to Be Alive," um, which I actually kind of like that record, even though some of, some of the songs some people say sounds like they they were phoned in. I have no problems with the production. But anyway, Metro Boomin in the weekend, the Heartless record, uh, um. It's 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 not even it's not even my favorite single from the weekend. Like it, it'll be hard to even choose a favorite, but I like. I I want to see I want to see what Metro Boomin can bring out of the weekend if they did an EP. Because on some of these, Monty, I'm I'm okay with. Because you said project, I'm okay with an EP. It ain't gotta yeah. be a 10, ten song album. It ain't gotta be fifteen songs. A cool four or five records. I'm cool with that. That would be to- even better than a project, you know. Because uh, you know sometimes you would think. I don't even like when the rappers do more than 15 tracks, even just even if it's a lot of different variety when it comes to producers or the sound. But, you know, yeah. less is nowadays. I feel like less is less is more. Yeah. And, and a classic record is defined as something that doesn't either have very few or no skips on it. And the more songs you have on a project, the less likely it's going to be a classic. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've always been in favor of giving people. Uh, then again, let, though, I'll ask you this: uh, Does it, you know, the, I feel like if it's only seven, six, or seven songs, isn't it kind of cheating? Because you know, to make it fire, thirteen track album where there's no skips, it would be a lot harder than making, you know, seven or eight tracks because it's, uh, you know, it's easier. Don't, don't get me don't get me wrong, man. Like, I if you can make a thirteen record project and it be a classic. Yeah, I'll give you more credit than if it was just five songs. But at the end of the day, I want the like, a, I just want to fire a project at the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in 
give, giving not enough rather than too much, because if it's not enough, people will fiend for more. If it's too much, you're, you're, you're oversaturated. People don't want to hear it no more. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to see what the Metro, what, what Metro can bring out of the weekend. Heartless, the Heartless record was, was, was nice. And, uh, Metro Boomin is rather versatile. Like he doesn't just have one sound, uh, contrary to like, I don't want, I don't know if it's popular belief, but a lot of people do believe Metro Boomin has more of like a trap sounding song. But if you, if you can compare Heartless to like some of the other records he's done with, with Future, you'll know that, oh, there, there's, there's range in this sound. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's one of mine. Uh, go ahead, Monty. What's your second one? My second one is kind of very similar to the first one. And uh, I would say it's more, not even an oddball match, but it's kind of something that a lot of people would expect. Uh, it's, it's a Joey Badass and a Mad Lib album. And if you know Mad Lib, he's, he's pretty known to do a lot of collaborative projects with uh, a lot of big rappers from the more the underground scene. Like, uh, not even underground, just, you know, a lot more lesser known rappers who are not in the forefront uh, with, say, Freddie Gibbs or even even the late who just uh, recently passed away. You know, MF Doom, you know, the Mad Villainy, that's like one of the most one of the most uh, iconic albums. And, you know, Mad Lib, he, he's he's definitely known to do a lot of lot of a lot of a lot of a lot, lot of albums with artists similar to, you know, MF Doom or you know, Freddie Gibson. I think Joey Badass is another name and they actually did a few tracks I think so far. And I don't I, I would think they're actually they're probably working on something already. Like a whole album or even an EP because they definitely okay. go they definitely go like bread and butter pretty 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 right. easily. And you know Joey yeah, Badass, yeah. I'm always a big fan of him. And uh, you know more he definitely fits that mad lip sound perfectly. So it's not like a mismatch with uh, not even a mismatch, just not like oddball thing with McMeal and Alchemist. And this one, this one is more, a lot of people would be like, yeah, I definitely see that happening with Joey. And you know, I definitely want a Joey Badass new album regardless, because I was actually listening back to his uh, old tra old album that came out, I think two, three years ago, All American Badass. And it's it definitely with the, the American being three Ks in the name, you know, a American, A K K K, you know, American yeah, yeah, badass, and yeah. that album was fire, man. You definitely should, if you if you haven't listened to it, man, definitely go back and check it out, cause a lot of a lot of the shit he talked okay. about in that album, uh, a lot of it was very very timely, or even, you know, it was actually predict a lot of stuff that was happening in 2020, and you know that album is definitely fire, and you know he he, he has a lot of fire albums actually. So I definitely want a new project from Joey Badass pretty soon. Okay, okay. Um, that's that's a good one. That's a good one because I like when, um whenever I hear Joey Badass, I'm never disappointed. Like his 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 pen has been crazy since he was 16. I remember when he was 16 and he put out. I believe he was 16 when he put out 1999. And yeah. that was just that's probably that the out. best. Honestly, man, I put I, I probably named that the best mixtape. One of my favorite mixtape ever. Oh man, that's that's wild. That's wild. Uh, I'm not I'm not mad at you though. And the fact that he was so young and was able to deliver that and you consider that one of the best, that's, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, man. So I guess my second one would be now, I guess it would be a, a dream one, man. Cause, Cause what dream implies that like you've been wanting this or whatever, but again, I've never really put too, too much thought into this because a lot of artists I like their production is already like really solid. So a lot of these is like dreaming of what it would 
even sound like. But all I know is Monty Hit Boy, like made people want to listen to Nas, like because because the production was good. Like Hit Boy did a, a, a album with Nas, but uh, guys, if you didn't know, and one of the long-standing critiques of Nas is that man, he's such a great rapper. He made Illmatic. He's hip hop Jesus. But I don't like his beats. M- majority of the time, <laughs> I don't like his beats. That's what people say. That's what people say. And um, uh, that's been a long-standing thing when it comes to Nas's catalog, and that affects things like replay value and stuff like that. So when Hit Boy, when it was announced that Nas and Hit Boy would do an album together, people was kind of like, ah, does, does that work? But people forget that Hit Boy made niggas in Paris, like he produced for Jay Z, yeah, Beyonce, like he's such a yeah, talented Hit guy. Boy. He, he definitely has a lot of hits, man, and yeah. it's not he's not like a one trick pony or. He doesn't stick to one person or just even one type of sound. He definitely yeah. knows how to branch it out. And so, yeah, he definitely, Nas yeah. could definitely, if that's your answer, right? Nas. No, 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 no. I was giving a pretext to what my answer was. Hit Boy and Nas oh, okay, already okay. did it. Hit Boy and Nas already had a project, Monty. Uh, uh, they put it out last year. But I, I said that to say that I think J. Cole and Hit Boy could make mm. a, dope, a, dope, a dope EP together, man. Like getting into the studio. J. Cole being a producer himself would know how to like, uh, articulate what he wants and maybe even some collaborative production, right? Because Monty, we, we said dream artist and dream uh, uh, producer, right? But that doesn't mean that the pr- the rapper that might also produce can't collaborate with that uh, producer. So I think J. Cole and Hit Boy can make some crazy material. And again, that Nas album with Hit Boy was very well received. People were like, man, these beats are, are crazy. I think even Joe Budden was like, oh, when I first heard about this, I, I didn't know. But when he heard it, he was like, yo, this is crazy. So uh, it got it got people excited to listen to Nas, who's hip hop's Jesus, right? So yeah, J Cole and Hit Boy, man. J, J Cole and Hit Boy, that's my my second pick. Now my third pick is the one that I think I'm I'm cheating a little bit on, but I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay I'm okay with that. So uh, yeah, that's my second pick, Monster. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good match because you know I think so, a lot of people would even say. Do you think a lot of people say that J Cole needs better beats too? Bro, yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard that, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I definitely have. Heard I don't that. really see it, man. I, cause mostly, you know, I probably mentioned that to you that I wasn't too big fond of the new two new songs from J Cole, cause, cause of the beats. But yeah, usually he's pretty good when it comes to the beats. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, exactly. Like his albums have always been born center. Uh, uh, is is something that I've been listening to in rotation uh, recently. And the production on Born Center, bro, like, I think y- y'all should go back and listen to J. Cole's Born Center album. And and if you can listen to that and come back and tell me that J. Cole's beat selection is, is trash, I-, I wouldn't know what to tell you. And that's just that album. I'm not talking about the sideline story. I'm not talking about uh, Forest Hill Drive. I'm just talking about Born Center. The other ones are, are great as well. And J. Cole also produces himself. So, boom, there, there there's that. Uh, all right, Monty, what's your third pick, though? My third pick. It's kind of another interesting pick, too, because it's a match between uh, 21 Savage and No ID. And Ooh. if you know No ID, he he, he worked with uh, Jay-Z to make 444, you know, yeah. 444, the album. And that was another critical, critically praised album. But, you know, just a lot of people coined it as, you know, grown music, grown up album or, you know, something that you know, a lot of, more of a, you know, old, old, old folky type, you know, hip hop music. And I don't know, I think No ID definitely is kind of very similar to, 
even Hit Boy, where he could definitely do a lot of different type of styles. Definitely. He could definitely work with the artists to craft a sound that fits them also. Definitely. I think 21 Savage could be, because I know 21 Savage, you know, because he started out as another, you know, just a trap artist or just not a serious rapper. But over the years, yeah, you know, he kind of proved himself to be just more than that. You know, even with the previous album, I think, uh, I I forgot the name, but, you know, it had the, it had the less than sign or the greater than sign. I think it was I Am... And I yeah. was, yeah, that's, uh, that yeah, album, yeah, yeah. the album was, uh, you know, it was pretty praised for, you know, being more, more mature 21 Savage, and I think he could get, get even more, more mature than that, and, you I know, agree. you know, even I with agree. his, uh, a lot of his recent podcast appearances, you could see that 21 Savage is definitely more, he definitely has more intricate things to say about a lot of things, you know, and I think, you know, an album with no ID, with this type of production, like more serious type of production, even could definitely you know let him let him do a lot of more lot lot of the more serious talking and you know a lot of the yeah. more serious type of music that Twenty One Savage uh, could could be making or even has the potential to. Yeah, I, I think I think Twenty One Savage's artistic ceiling is higher than a lot of people uh, give him credit for. I remember when he was talking about how it's it's better to invest in in uh, real estate and stuff like that. Yeah. Rather than like spending money on jewelry, which doesn't really appreciate, you know, it appreciates and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, 21 Savage is one of those guys where it just shows that, you know, once you educate somebody from his background, um, you know, it, it, it really it really helps. It, it, it changes the outlook of a, of a street of a street nigga, a gang member. 21 Savage at the end of the day, that is his back background. Now, I know there's a lot of memes and jokes about him being from Britain, but nah, he, he was raised in 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 the uh, uh, Atlanta and all that. So, um, yeah, Monty, that's a good pick. And people forget, man, like when, when, when 21 Savage got retrospective on, on the song a lot featuring J Cole, that one. Oh yeah. Great. I was going to mention that song too. Cause it won a great. I think that type of more production would, would be fire too. You know, I think no, no ID could definitely produce that similar style, but you know, more, you know, not, not exactly same, but you know, more, more, more the similar type of style. Yeah. Yeah. It won a Grammy, bro. I don't think nobody was expecting it to do that. Not that I pay attention to Grammys like that, but yeah, man, 21 Savage, shout out to you. Um, all right. Well, my third one is, I think it's cheating because, um, I don't know. I'll just say it, bro. Uh, let me, uh, let me guess. Uh, does it involve Lil Wayne? No, 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 no. It's, oh. It involves, it involves J. Cole. But since. Oh, my, okay. J. Cole, other, second time. J. Yeah, Cole. Yeah. But this, okay. but, but, this, but this is him on the production side though. Oh, okay, okay. J. Cole, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Ooh. <laughs> so you don't want you don't actually don't want to hear J. Cole on the on the on the track, just on the production? No, Monty, I do. But that's that I think it's fine because it's great because Kendrick and J. Cole has already talked about and, and thought about making an album together. And I, I think it will be hard. If J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar was gonna make a whole out a collaborative project together, it'll be hard for J. Cole to just produce and not get on those songs. So yeah. so so I think it's like a double whammy almost. And people forget, people might be like, oh, I don't know if J I don't know if I want to hear a whole Kendrick Lamar album with all J. Cole beats. But people yeah. forget Kendrick Lamar J. Cole produced a, a classic record by uh, Kendrick Lamar on Section 80 called High Power. Or was it was it Section 80 or overly dedicated? I can't remember. I think but, Section 80. But... Yeah, yeah. High Power was a. That's great another. That's definitely one of my favorite Kendrick songs. Yeah, exactly. 
He also produced a lesser known song called The Jig Is Up. That was a dope record. So there's another fire track. Yeah, I'm glad you know about it, Monty, because a lot of people act like they don't know about the jig is up. But um That beat yeah. that beat is hard, man. And I didn't know J. Cole produced that. Yes, he produced that. So based off those two records and you know, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar getting into the studio and my my idea that J. Cole would have to get on those beats just because, you know, it's Kendrick Lamar and they've already You know what I would like? He actually doesn't state that he produced the beat, you know, just make those beats under a different alias so you know people actually judge them for what they are not you know just just you know don't judge them because just because his name is attached to him you know yeah mac miller did that by the way rest in peace mac miller he uh had different <laughs> aliases as a producer i think it was like larry fisherman or something yeah like yeah, yeah larry yeah. fisherman yeah man. yeah yeah rest in peace, and he mac was miller. good at it too man he, he was really another artist yeah artistic soul man artistic soul um, and that's another artist that has artistic integrity that could have went the pop route and decided, no, I want to make, you know, uh, real, real music, I guess. And so, um, yeah, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, that's my last pick, Monty. So now yeah. you know, I had the fourth one and this was definitely, I just came, uh, you know, just came up with that at the, you know, right after I came up with the, with the three, I was like, I definitely got to include that because I think, uh, Roddy Rich and a Metro Boomin album. I definitely want to see that. Oh, you know, Metro Boomin, he definitely works with a lot of the up and coming, you know, people are kind of popular also. You know, he works with Travis Scott, you know, who are in the limelight right now. And I think Roddy Rich and Metro Boomin are definitely, ma- you know, match made in heaven, I feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And remember, Metro Boomin did a, a whole project with uh, Nav. Um, yeah, yeah. And the production was great. The production was really good. Um, but, yeah. Just the production, uh, you're listen, not going to say anything no, about listen, 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 my no boy, not the brown boy. I'm, I don't ha- I don't hate Nav as much as uh, the uh, Needle Drop. And Nav had, you know, myself, some records I had in rotation. Uh, the record you had with Lil Uzi Vert. But, man, I, I would be, let's just say I would be much more excited for, like, Metro Boomin doing a project with Roddy Rich. It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of freaking sense. Um, yeah, that's why I put it, man. It, it seems like it could definitely happen too. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be a perfect, perfect. Just the vibe would be great. Out of all the ones we named, that might be the most likely one. Um, yeah, yeah. To happen, and it makes a lot of sense, man. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Uh, I don't know. A weekend and a Metro Woman album could definitely happen too. I feel like you know they already worked already. And, that's, that's you know true. usually when. Uh, two artists work work together and they put out a hit track or they they feel like they vibe well they they usually tell each other you know we definitely got to work more so but but Monty, that's, it's a little bit different though Monty, because remember the weekend is like modern day like he's 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 an a-list superstar right he just put out an album i can see them doing more songs together but i don't think weekend is like one of those artists that's going to do a whole project with one producer he's never worked like that like is it he's going to bring the team you know it's, it's when you look at the weekend's credits on his albums, it's like a whole army of writers and producers. Um, <laughs> so I would love for the weekend to be like, no, fuck all that. I just want Metro Boomin for a whole album. But due to him being such a mainstream monster, I just don't see it happening outside of like a couple of songs. But I want it to. I want it to. Whereas Roddy Rich, him being more of a hip hop artist in Metro Boomin, that's that's his lane. I can see that. I can see that really uh, uh, sounding good. Mind you, that's a good pick, man. I was worried that you wasn't going to be able to, you know, Ended off on, on, on like a, a big bang. I'm glad it didn't go out with a whimper. So, yeah. I like <laughs> <laughs> well, what would be an example of a whimper? 
uh, like a just a producer oh. or, or an artist i'll kill you dj um dj mustard at six nine oh my god oh yeah yeah that's that's a bad one yeah exactly i'm glad you didn't say no shit like that um so um yeah i guess i guess we'll get into you know we'll, we'll wrap it up with uh what we've been consuming i'm actually kind of excited about this uh this one um but what have you been consuming over the Oh, yeah, recently uh, yeah. I watched this uh, Netflix film. Uh-huh. I was actually looking forward to it because uh, it's called The White Tiger. And uh, it's, 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 it's depicting this, uh, this Indian, it's, it's, it's very Indian movie, man, but it's, it's, it's actually an Indian movie that's made for Western audiences. So, you know, American audiences like you. So, okay. Okay. And it's pretty much, you know, it definitely, it's, it's not something that, you know, just for Indian people to enjoy. And it's definitely made with the eye towards, you know, it, I think you would definitely, you would definitely really like this movie. Because uh, it's de- it's depicting as a, uh, you remember the, sl- uh, you remember the movie, The Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It's kind of similar to that, but it also kind of jabs at the, at the slumdog millionaire point and how, you know, not really, <laughs> not really realistic that movie was. And th- there's a line in this movie that, you know, uh, he, that questions the audience, like, oh, you wish I, you know, I, the, pretty much the, the main character had a line in this movie where, where he says, you know, I wish I had a TV show where, where I could go and make millions of dollars just like that, you know, just making fun of, how you know how unrealistic that scenario was in that movie so this movie the main character is actually like a comes from a very very poor family where they pretty much live in the slums and and he's like but the main character is like very smart but you know he had to stop going to school because you know the family couldn't afford it or you know couldn't really afford to go to college so he was pretty much trapped within this you know this this pretty much the poverty, po- poverty of just because you know Indian poverty is like way different than American poverty. Next, they live next. in the conditions you can't even imagine. But you know, so he actually shows the journey of how he, how he kind of, kind of worked towards in a in a in a in a more. It's kind of hard to describe because he starts working for this family. That's a rich family in Indian terms. Yeah. And he kind of yeah. shows like how it shows how they treat him and how he infiltrates the family to to rise up in a, in a way where it, it's hard to rise up to break out of that section. And, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns in that movie and I can't really spoil it. That's why it's hard to describe what happens. And it just okay, shows yeah, yeah, yeah. how he, he, he kind of rises to the top. And it's told in a way where they show you what's ha- what already happened and it shows you he kind of kind of made a name for himself and got out of the system and he runs a big business now and the movie is told in a perspective where he's actually writing a letter to to the Chinese prime minister uh, who's coming to India to visit and he's pretty much trying to you know I guess uh, you know just just uh, you know show the prime minister that this is his business and whatever and it's uh, you know he's just writing a letter in a perspective of that you know, showing how I got to where I am and just tells a story from first person 
point okay, of view, okay. man. So it's 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 a dope movie, but yeah, and, it, and there's a quote in that movie. It's uh, you know, it's it's pretty much the time for a brown man and a yellow man, and everybody else are just gonna go, pretty much go gonna go down or whatever. You know, he's he's almost a villain in a way, anti-hero. So I think you're definitely gonna enjoy it, and you, you definitely yeah, yeah. you should definitely check it out, and I think you'll enjoy it. I love morally great protagonists. I love a, a good anti-hero story and I love a good upward mobility underdog rises up story as well. So it does sound like something that's up my alley or whatever. I would say the ending uh, is kind of rushed, man, because I definitely wanted to see a lot more. This would have been great TV show because you could tell they definitely rushed a lot of the what happened uh, in the last 15 minutes, but still a great movie. Got you. Got you. Okay. It's called The White Tiger? Yeah, yeah. All right. It definitely shows well, a lot of the harsh realities that you know people in 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 those in India and similar type of countries have to deal with, and it's 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 crazy. Like it's very hard to get out of that trap of being in that poverty trap, and you know not not even similar to America. You know how you know you know how we have the term pull yourself pull yourself by the bootstraps, and you know you yeah. got to multiply <laughs> multiply. Multiply that by hundreds over there, cause it's it's insane. You can't you can't even imagine to pull yourself out of that bootstraps over there. Yeah, first off, it's like, all right, where's the bootstraps to begin <laughs> yeah. with? <laughs> like what? Um, okay, that, that's that's a you know based on I haven't seen the movie. But yeah, it's on like Netflix, a, a, man. It, it, you definitely like it, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my weekend was interesting because. It was just it was just action packed. In battle rap, there was a a, a giant upset, um, and uh, of course my my Chiefs, you know, beat the Buffalo Bills. What happened in beautiful. the battle rap scene though? Who who were who were battling and who who pretty much lost out? Okay, well I know that battle rap is such a niche a niche thing, and I want to get to the the, the main thing. But um, there's this guy named Chilla Jones who's a lyrical monster, and there's a guy named K. Sean. K. Sean has a lot more of. I guess a superstar presence, whereas Chilla Jones has always been known to be for a lot of people boring because he just battle raps. But you could tell, like, he's like one of those guys that you don't know who he is or what he's like outside of battle rap. He's very quiet. He's very uh, introverted or whatever. But basically, people thought he was going to lose against K. Sean, despite the fact that Chilla Jones is really good, despite the fact that we're in a COVID era where like they they're forced to rap in small rooms. And to be put it real quickly, Monty. Small rooms and big stages in battle rap are two totally different things. And um, um, and small rooms, lyrical pin types tend to like be more dominant. But on big stages, the more performance, personality based artists tend to dominate. So I know, I know a little Jones bit about battle rap because I know I know some of the guys named uh, Disaster, you know, DNA, Iron Solomon. These okay. are all oh, okay. these yeah, are yeah. all artists from like the way way back in like a couple years ago so i don't know what's going on in the current scene well dna was actually on this card and he's recently reinvented himself like he doesn't rap about guns his past three battles he won't rap about guns and he's becoming more of himself because he's not really a street guy used to rap about shooting people whatever whatever but uh i i I don't want to bore people that aren't in battle rap with with that but uh just know my my weekend was action packed because it was a it was a week of it was a weekend of upsets chilla jones dk sean a lot of people had Kayshawn outperforming uh, Chilla Jones, and that did not happen. Let me happen. ask you this, but though. How do they determine who wins in a battle rap? It's just like cultural consensus. And, well, on caffeine, since URL has a thing with caffeine, 
uh, caffeine votes, they vote by round or whatever. But a lot of a lot of people don't take caffeine votes seriously uh, because they think a lot of them are casuals or whatever. And then there's the app system. So caffeine, you, you watch the battle then and there. And then if you buy the app, you know, it's like eight dollars a month. Uh, the battle then goes on the app and on the app, it has a voting system as well. Uh, but generally, it seems like consensus. Like a lot of times when somebody loses, um, there's a giant consist- consensus on it. But ultimately, it, it is a subjective sport. Uh, and a lot of battles are debatable and preference battles anyway. But in this case, Chilla Jones beat uh, Shine's ass. Another another way for an artist to basically lose by default is if they're choking every round, if they forget their lyrics. And that happens a lot as well. And it's very embarrassing. But um, but the but but the thing I wanted to get to was Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, Poirier, and um, Conor McGregor is a international superstar, mega giant. Dustin Poirier is from uh Louisiana. Um, I, I don't know which I don't know if it's Baton Rouge or whatever, but he's from there. And he's more of uh, Dustin is like you know he has a foundation. He's very, he gives back a lot or whatever, but he doesn't have what people may say as a superstar personality. He's nowhere near like A-list, like Conor McGregor is. Uh, and Dustin Poirier and Con- Conor McGregor fought like five years ago and Conor McGregor destroyed him, like destroyed him. But Dustin was very young, Conor was young and Dustin just didn't have that much experience. But in these past you know, years, uh, Dustin has really grown into himself. He's gotten bigger, uh, he-, he fights better and all of that. So when it was announced that they were gonna fight, Conor McGregor was the heavy favorite. Uh, I'd like to remind you guys, Conor McGregor uh, re-debuted in MMA last year, and and um, he beat, uh, last January actually, and he beat this guy by the name of uh, Donald uh, uh, Donald Cerrone. Yeah, um, I remember that. In like man. fifty that was, seconds. That was sad. How how quick that ended. Yeah, Conor McGregor, and, and and people had their doubts, Monty, because Conor hadn't fought in a couple years after having that mega fight with Floyd Mayweather, and he won like over $100 million. So people questioned if Conor McGregor was even wanting to do it anymore. But Conor always maintained that, fuck the money, I love this, even though he loves money, and a big part of his persona is making money and being the highest selling MMA star ever. However, he really does love fighting. But, um, and, and I don't know if you also remember, but between Floyd Mayweather uh, between the Floyd Mayweather fight and the Donald Cerrone fight, Connor had a lot of scandals. So like there was like uh, people said he was doing cocaine. There was a couple of women, I believe, that accused him yeah, of sexual assault. Yeah, One for sure. Doesn't come off as a great person in real life. So it's hard for me to root for him. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but I I want to say I want to give Connor credit on something. But I'm just letting you guys know the bad things that happened between that fight and uh, uh um well the the Mayweather fight and the uh, Donald fight. Uh, there was a, a, a footage of him punching somebody in a bar, an old man in a bar, because that old man refused to drink his whiskey. Uh, Conor McGregor has a, 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 a whiskey called Proper 12, I, I well, believe. Well, that's, a, that's an ad right everybody. there for his whiskey, you know, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was bad because it happened, I believe, like, like people in Ireland love him, bro. He's like the biggest uh, superstar export that Ireland has ever had. And everybody, you know, drunk his whiskey, but this one old guy didn't want to drink it and Connor punched him. And you know what happened? All these Irish bars like made videos saying, no, that's not right. And they started pouring his liquor down the toilet. It was bad, but Connor McGregor, of course, apologized and uh, maybe uh, settled with that guy behind the scenes. Man, or whatever. He only, but he only anyway, probably he, apologized because he, because, you know, he was getting backlash. I mean, that's a lot of times how it happens. I, I don't know, but I just want to I just want to really emphasize that when he came back, 
He didn't talk shit about it. The only person he hates is uh, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov because of all the things that happened outside of that. And 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 yeah, that's another thing. Khabib like annihilated him back in uh, 2018, and um, and it was bad. It was just really bad. And Connor Connor up until that point when he lost, he always avenged his losses. When he lost to Nate Diaz, uh, uh, uh they had a, uh, a a second fight, which was even better than the first one because the first one Connor. I'm got still gassed, waiting for the, third the second one. one like that, 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 those two fights were, were especially the second one, man. I, I remember watching that, and that that shit was yeah, yeah, that it was bloody, was insane. Yeah, it was it was bloody. Nate Nate thinks he won 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 twice, but I do believe Connor won that second one, even though it was hard fought. But my point in saying that is, outside of Khabib, Connor had been known to like you know avenge his his uh, losses or whatever. And so, well, like I said, would be the only other loss he had in the UFC, but. Anyway, so when it was announced that Dustin and Connor would fight, people had Connor as a favorite because of how much he dominated Dustin in the first fight. But man, when 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 the new fight happened this past weekend, like Connor was dominating in the first round. It was looking like Dustin was actually kind of like hesitant. And it's because it is hard to fight Connor. Connor has a deadly left hand, and a lot of people get caught slipping when they over overcommit and stuff like that. But boy, when that second round started, Dustin started getting the better of the exchanges. And ultimately, uh, I got to watch it again. But ultimately, and I was watching this live and uh, the, 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 the lady I was with was like sleep. And I, I, I woke her up but out of my like, oh, no, no, this can't be happening. Like why, right when Connor was just getting uh, a haymaker after haymaker and finally fell. And then Dustin was on top of him. Boom, 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 boom. And then it, it, it got called a knockout, a technical knockout. And I was just there shocked because this is Connor's, you know, comeback. And I wanted to say that Connor didn't talk shit about Dustin Poirier. He didn't talk shit about Cowboy. Like when he won against Cowboy, he got on his knees and hugged him instead of like being super yeah, celebratory and all of that. Macho he, act or, you know, all the all the fake shit he does before the fight, you know, to may you know, pretty much get get all the buys that they can or just hype up everything. So I definitely get it. Yeah, yeah, but Connor really wanted to go on a run. So the fact that it's his second fight uh, after the the hiatus and him losing that bad in the second round, of course he wants to have a third fight. Um, and the third fight might go different. Like we know that when Connor loses, he he does adjust. Now I don't think it does, I don't think there's anything he can do to beat Khabib like ever. Khabib is undefeated by the way, Monty, and he recently announced retirement. But I think he wants to come back and get that third. You know, MMA, but regardless though, of that, it's like. Sooner or later, they figure you know your your opponents just figure figure you out, you know, because you can't. It's it's just hard to go undefeated for so long, and you know I think that happened with Ronda Rousey they, too. You know, at some point somebody figures you out. But but Monty, you can't compare Ronda Rousey to Khabib. The, the reason I say that, and that's what makes Khabib special, because Khabib doesn't do anything different every other fight. It's not that fighters don't know what to do with them. It's just that like. Once they once he gets a hold of you, it's it feels like there's 500 pounds on top of you. Even though he's not even a heavyweight, they say when Khabib grabs you, it feels like a fucking bear is oh, mauling. Cause he fucking all um, bears, man. Yeah, and he will probably retire undefeated, Monty, because he does wanna he wanna he wants to stop. Now again, Dana White is trying to get him to come back, and that's another thing. People were making memes about Dana White because ultimately, of course, the UFC wants Conor to keep winning because the more Conor wins, the more money they make, the and UFC, they ultimately because uh, you know when there's a new superstar, this uh, they, <laughs> they end up losing at some point. More man, I feel like even with Khabib, I feel like there's always somebody there that could mm-hmm. you know try the biggest player out there. I just. I, but Monty, 
George St. Pierre, he George St. Pierre is considered the GOAT and he lost, but he avenged his losses and retired. Like it's Monty, I see what you're saying. Obviously, if Khabib keeps fighting for another five, ten years, of course somebody would in uh beat him. But if he comes back and fights and retires and that and that's it, like George St. Pierre retired basically uh like he avenged the only two losses in his career. But if Khabib is like actually done, which Khabib doesn't care about money, he doesn't care about fame like that. Like if he retires undefeated, Monty, he's the GOAT, in my and opinion. I think he, um he would and so be, you know, more of a person to keep his word because you know he definitely comes from a a stricter background when it comes to faith and you know just a lot of principles. Yeah, yeah. And his father died too. His father his father died and that really that really hurt him. So um and by the way, Khabib beat Dustin Poirier. Dustin, the guy that just beat Connor, <laughs> Khabib made short work uh, you know, easy work of Dustin as well. And but so Khabib he's is so still dominant. so young, man. So and, um, you sometimes wonder uh, what what uh what what uh, where, where all the energy he's gonna put into, you know, because you know, those type of person, he's always going to yeah, be training yeah. and always going to be looking for something to, you know, achieve or just, you know, it's like a goal. Well, I think he said he wants to, I think he wants to take on the role of, of his father. His father helped train all the, mm. uh, uh, the kids from, uh, I think it's called Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. My bad. I have a hard time pronouncing foreign locations. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, I think he wants to like go back there and like help train the next generation up. Even though he is young, you know, he has he has the spirit of his uh he has the spirit of his father. And there's a lot of people from his country that are in the UFC now that are actually doing Man, really, and, really and, well. In twenty um, years, uh, and, UFC is gonna be the whole half of the division is just gonna be people from there. <laughs> Yeah, from from that region, man, because it's they're just a different animal. Remember that that footage of Khabib wrestling a fucking bear when he was five years old, by the way. So Khabib was quite literally born and bred for this. Uh, like most people start training in, you know, maybe when they're preteens and teenagers, or maybe even eight, nine. But they're not wrestling a bear at five. You know, what I mean, that's 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 wild. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Dustin beat Connor. Connor took as he always does, except for when he lost to Khabib. He, he takes his losses very graciously, and he does want a rematch, of course, and it will be a trilogy because Connor won the first time. Dustin uh, beat him uh, in the second round the second time, and now it's going to be a rematch. And I, I do look forward to that rematch. But I'm glad, like, Connor really took his loss graciously. He didn't make any excuses. He, he talked about how he felt, like, why he lost because the, the, the tactics that Dustin used. And remember, Connor dominated the first round, so he had to also, be Also, and really everybody's confident. talking about you know, um, it just so happened how he lost, you know, from uh... – from Dustin's perspective, man, you know, losing the first time and coming back is such a great comeback story, you know, if you follow his journey. Yes, and Vegas had him, like, people gambled on Connor. He was uh, the heavily vetted favorite, and so it was an underdog story. That's why it's story. called a gamble, For real, man. for real. <laughs> you, and, there's uh, no sense. Sometimes there's no sense to it. You just go with luck of the draw, pretty much whatever happens. Exactly, exactly. But what I didn't like, though, because if you look at the fight, that's what how Dustin beat Conor had. It was a ton of strategy. People, uh, there were some, a lot of disgruntled Conor McGregor fans that were saying that it, oh, it was luck. But I was like, but if it was the other way around, they would say, oh man, Conor just had had better skill, right? But a lot of Conor friends were like, oh, he just got lucky. Monty, if you look at that fight, it was not luck, bro. Dustin was beating Conor's ass in that second round, and he and 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 he won, like. He, Knocked him out technically. Um, so I, of course I posted a, like a tweet. I posted a tweet that said, uh, 
I said, LOL, I said, LOL, when their idol loses, it has to be a luck thing. If it was the other way around, though, they would say it was you cold, calculated strategy, right? Right, 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 right. But yeah, so I said, when their idol loses, it has to be a luck thing, right? But if it's the opposite, they consider it cold, calculated strategy. And of course, I had racists come to my, uh, like, I had racist Connor fans hit me up. They were like, uh, this, this one guy said, hang yourself, LOL. Wait, what, and then, what did he uh, say? Um, hang yourself. Twitter, man. Twitter. Take a noose and hang yourself. And that was only one of those messages. He hit me up like, I think like four or five different times. The other one was like, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, fags, go jerk each other off some more. Your pride, uh, you take pride in supporting queers. LOL. Like Dustin, he didn't fight Dustin well this fight. Uh, that is all. Uh, don't be, don't be. <laughs> that way, no, he's not. Why is it just? He's not. Dustin is heterosexual. Even that, He's a if, hot even letter, heterosexual male that. Okay. Uh, that does that should have mattered, yeah. but he's just making up shit. Yeah, he's making up shit, and he told me to hang myself. Uh, and and yeah, and, and he started spamming me. You know, uh, the noose, the the n word, nooses, and all that. All because I said when their idol loses, you know, I, I made a I made a good point. And they didn't want to argue that point. They wanted to call people names and not that, not just mainly him, mainly. Because there were some people that were trying to argue that it was luck. But Monty, if you look at that fight, there was nothing lucky. It wasn't one lucky punch. It was not one lucky punch. And Conor McGregor himself said D Dustin just out, like Dustin outfought him. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what it was. Probably got carried away thinking he's going to win because, you know, sometimes when you win so much, you just don't, you just don't. You know, train as much, or you know, you don't have you don't have as much much yeah. ambition as your opponent to beat the other person. Yeah, but I do want to give Connor credit. Like, even though he won a hundred million dollars, and some people were questioning his uh, like, why would he even fight? Because it's not for money. But that's the whole point. The fact that Conor McGregor is so rich and he could have retired years ago, but the fact that he still wants to fight and he was fighting good. He wasn't sloppy. It didn't look like ring rust or anything like that. He just got out. He just he just got knocked out, man. That's all it is. But uh, so shout out to Conor McGregor. I, I would love to see this this second or this third trilogy fight. And I guess uh, and of course I do believe Dustin because he has Dustin has no plans on retiring. And anybody that fights Conor McGregor, some bro, so a lot of fighters would rather instead of fight for a championship to get the belt, they rather fight for Conor McGregor due to yeah, the money like, amount of fame, money that they're going to make. A lot of people now know the name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, Dustin, I, I, I don't know the last name, but, you know, a lot of people who watch the fight know who yeah. he is. Yeah, they love him. And he get, Monty, Monty, he gives back, like, a lot, bro. And when Khabib beat him, Khabib, I believe, I, I don't know if it was all of it, but it might have been all of it. Khabib took all of his earnings after beating Dustin and gave it to uh, Dustin's charity. Yeah, yeah. So, man, I love Khabib, man. And you know how people get tired of people winning so much? Khabib is one of those people that win so much, but he's such a good guy. Like, you don't even want to root against him, even though he is a dominant competitor. Um, because he doesn't have an attitude. That's, like, like that's why it's, it was Mayweather. such a great mix-up. Because, you, know, you know, Connor is like the total opposite of, of Khabib. And that was like a... And remember that fight, though, man. That shit yeah. was crazy when everything just went... All hell bro, broke loose, man. And it's it's sad that we, we might not yeah, see... Yeah, we could be popped up. Uh, a second fight from that.
Yeah, because Khabib has always always said, retired or not, like he's never really expressed interest in a rematch because he doesn't like Conor McGregor. And I understand why. I mean, Conor said a lot of insensitive things about his country. He called his wife a towel. He he did a lot of foul shit, bro. Um, and so understandable, you know, even if it's just for the show. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I think after like it's it's widely uh, speculated that uh, when Khabib was yelling at Conor after Khabib beat Conor. Conor McGregor said it's just business, but Monty, you can't you can't say it's just business to a person like Khabib uh, when when it concerns his religion. <laughs> yeah, this is life, man. This is yeah. That's what he trades for. That's what he le- leaves in. You know, that's what he you know lives and breathes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty four exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, man, that's that has been episode fifteen. Yeah, man, we had a lot to talk about, man. And yeah, you know, if anybody wants to, you know, ask us any questions, you could definitely reach out at thegreatcape.com at gmail.com. And you know, we're gonna be back with another action-packed episode next week because yeah, there's always something, even even if when the topics look like it's not gonna be anything crazy, you always got something to say, man. Yeah, you man. Know, it's never never lack of that in the great cave. Yep, yep. And I, I appreciate any and everybody that took the time to, you know, listen to us uh, uh, talk and converse about things we like to talk about. And uh, I'm glad that the end of this episode or the middle half to the end uh, was more discussion pieces as opposed to the the dark. Look, the first half was pretty dark with the deaths and the beating, the white player beating up his girlfriend. But I think it ended off pretty hey, that's well. For, that's for the people who stick through, man. That's when we get, get into nitty gritty. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But, um, Man, until next week, guys, stay safe. And um, I wish everybody, uh, you know, happiness and blessings and all of that good stuff. Take care. Yo.